This is a HeadGum Podcast. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Uh, guys, I think breaking into the hells was a really bad idea. I think we should just get out of here. Uh, Raphael's gonna find out. He's gonna be really mad, so I think we should just go. Uh, Raphael's gonna be really mad. Ah, you sound like a baby. You're a fucking baby, you baby. Yeah, yeah. Why are you scared of this place? What are you, you, you got your little, your little panties, like, stuck up in the crack of your butt and you're, you're, you're like prancing around and you're like, oh no, I'm scared. Yeah, I'm, I'm, Nick, I'm a... that's not how you wear panties. You're supposed to put them around your body not up your crack yeah you're like a piece of wet string cheese well i mean so what if i am all right this is this is scary this is the the worst place in across all the plains i i mean there's there's all these spirits who are here of the damned that are trapped that are condemned i don't want to be turned into a rat and have to live here for all eternity yeah no shit there's spirits everywhere man it's the fucking hells dude okay yeah what else is yeah. supposed to be down here well, there's these crates. What's in these crates? We got crates to break. We got stools to smash. What is this, a candelabra? This place is dumb. Everything's dumb. This place sucks. <laughs> the hell yeah. sucks. The hell well, sucks, I, and so do you, Nick. Yeah, right? you suck, too, yeah, as yeah, much you, as the hell. You're right, the hell sucks. We should we should leave. We don't need to grab the gauntlets of, of, of a hill giant strength. We can just leave those there. We don't need to, to worry about that Orphic hammer. Just forget about it. I'm going to grab that Orphic hammer. No, I'm going to grab those. No. those what, what is what is that other thing you said? The, 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 the gauntlets the of hill giant strength. Shorts of oblivion. I'll, I'll grab that shit. I'll, I don't give a fuck about any of this. You I'm know what? i steal so much shit down here. No, please. We got to get out of the vault. We got to go. We just got to <laughs> leave right now. Look at me. I'm encumbered. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm look at me. I'm carrying too walk. much shit. Uh, I can't walk. You. God. I just, I, look, I, re- I really feel like look, something bad is going to happen. I really feel like there are going to be consequences. For- oh, you think we're going to get in trouble for stealing down in the hell? Shut up. Maybe if I shit long enough, I'll be unencumbered. Am I right? Maybe I shit here in the path. Why don't we just go down this dumb hallway and see what's down this dumb hallway? Yeah, probably a bunch of dumb hallway stuff down here <laughs> in the dumb hallway. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh my god. Oh fuck. This is so bad. This is so, so bad. Oh god, oh no, oh no. I told you we're in so much trouble. What wait, what's happening here? What what is this? Oh, we're in so much trouble. Oh my god. Oh, I'm regretting all of my choices. I was just kidding earlier. It doesn't suck down here, actually. It's really good. Uh, I can't drop enough stuff. I'm still encumbered. Oh, I can't get no, away. Oh, my God. We actually weren't <laughs> stealing. We were just actually going to clean it off. I was going to lick off all the dust and gunk and shit. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Hold, hold on, hold on. I, I think there might be a way out. Wait, l- l- let's go down over here. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm organizing. This way, this way, this way. Okay, okay. okay. There's a portal here. Let's just go through this portal. Ah. <sighs> Oh, thank God. Okay, okay. I think we're safe now. I, 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 I think we're away from that. Ooh, okay, that was that was that, that was a close you call. Know you were right, Nick. That was that was a bad idea. We shouldn't. have Yeah, done that was that. a terrible idea. I gotta get these the stool out of my pocket. I gotta I gotta drop all these books. Yeah, you're carrying gotta, a lot of just like corpses. You should probably gotta, drop those too. I gotta get rid of these corpses. Okay, but I can Your inventory keep this, is insane. I can keep this like one severed hand, right? 
Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. It's a quest I'm, item. I'm right, let's go through. Let's go through this. Three hundred and fifty bones. <laughs> here, let's just let's just go through this door. I think we'll be safe in here. Okay. Here we go. We'll just go go into here. I think we'll be safe in here. Oh, fuck. Oh, no! Oh, my God. No! Guys, the door is locked. The door is locked. Oh, we Jesus. can't get out. No! <laughs> we let a vampire spawn give us just a nibble and retrieve a clown's dismembered corpse as we play you play my favorite game, Baldur's Gate 3, this week on Get Played. Welcome to Get Played, your one-stop show for good games, bad games, and every game in between. It's time to Get Played. I'm your host, Heather Ann Campbell, along with my fellow host, Nick Weiger. That's me, Nick Weiger, and I'm here with our third host, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Premiere Video Game Podcast, where this week, we've played a game, and you've played a game, and Nick has played the game more than most people alive. It's Baldur's it's Gate 3 week here on the We Play You Play episode of Get Played. Yeah, we're going to be talking about this game at length. I mean, it's, it's, I guess I could just say now, like, I'm nervous because I'm just like, I didn't want to over prep for this episode because I mm -hmm. do love this game and I do want to do it justice, but I also like don't want to forget anything. You know that feeling, like it's, it's always harder to talk about something you like, I feel like, versus something you don't like. Yeah, and but also like, I think there's like a, there's a pretty good understanding of like how the game works like amongst the listeners and like people playing it. So like I think there's there should be an understanding that there's no way. There's just absolutely no way you could talk about everything. There's it would be impossible. Yeah, it's impossible to be truly comprehensive uh, about this experience and then also just the other thing is so much has been said by this point by so many people. Yeah, we talked about it every week for uh 2 months probably. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I do think that this is a good opportunity to sort of recap the stuff that we've been talking about, because I'm sure this might be like people might be like, oh, wow, Baldur's Gate. I'll click on this. I love listening to, uh, uh, to, to my favorite game be discussed by these three strangers. Right. And uh, we've had very, very different playthroughs. Nick's had more than one playthrough. That's true. So um, I'm sure we've got stuff to talk about. Yeah, we'll, we'll have more than enough to talk about. Uh, I, there's something else to talk about is Rochelle, our, our producer, is out today. Uh, Doughboy's MVP, Emma Erdbrink, is our in-studio engineer. Hi, Emma. Hi. Uh, Emma, Hello. so we've already recorded this, but it's coming out later. Uh, you also, uh, because Rochelle was out, engineered our Get Animated Pluto uh, series finale. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. You, you Which are, you guys you are, loved? You are witnessing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People here. <laughs> you are witnessing, uh, or I guess having to endure two lengthy, detailed conversations about topics you have no understanding of. <laughs> it's, you know, it's fascinating. Maybe it'll get me to play. <laughs> And also, uh, Jemmy is over, is over here. Jemmy the dog. Great dog. And uh, Jemmy's sort of sitting on the concrete floor. And I think we'll soon realize that it's not as good as sitting maybe next to a good new friend. Yeah, yeah you have a snuggable spot. I don't know why she's hiding in the corner today, but she is. <laughs> Where? There's a snuggable the, spot on, Ma on Matt Apodaca's chair that yeah. Jemmy is uh, staying away from. 
It'll my happen. my own dog won't sit next to me. That's <laughs> true. It's true. My dog, you know, dogs choose a favorite, and my dog has chosen my wife as as her favorite dog or dog yeah. owner. Her favorite dog owner is my wife. So um, when Mary is not around, my dog will sit across the room and look at me like it's <laughs> judging me. And I'm like, you live with me. Um, right. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's tough. It's tough being yeah. rejected by a dog. I don't think there's anything more so emotional. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't it make you want a potion of animal speaking so you can get into their heads? Not yet, Nick. Not yet. We yeah. have to talk about other stuff. For God, example, I, I, I pray for the animal that you first have to talk to. <laughs> hey, buddy, it's me, Weiger. <laughs> oh God, yeah, I understand. <laughs> you played Baldur's Gate. <laughs> uh, we should, yeah, we should. We have other things to talk about. <laughs> Which is, first off, I, I think we can, we can, we're recording this on the day that the new Elden Ring uh, DLC trailer came out. We've all watched that. Can Pretty I trailer. say that? I was surprised by my emotional response to that trailer, which was similar to medical trauma. I was like, oh God, it's this place. Like it wasn't like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have the feeling that I thought I was going to have like, oh, I can't wait to fuck these guys up. Because like the truth is as much as I love, the game is so fucking good. It's yes. so good. Pristine. And I really enjoyed my build. I, I felt, I felt supremely like, uh, seen by my own build of my own character, like wearing that shit armor and like carrying a bunch of horrible swords. Yeah. But it was still so much work. Like it's a stressful game Very to like much so. inch your way through and seeing those like faces and those nightmare spaces. Like I was like, Oh God, that like that guy's wearing, wearing like a mask and he's on the back of like a dog. That's got like a lion head on it. And 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 it's throwing fire and I I don't want to see that guy. I don't want to I don't want to get in there, but I yeah. think I might get in there. We'll see. There, I I'm for sure going to get in there. My reactions were, "Wow, it's Elden Ring. I loved Elden Ring." And also, <laughs> "What the fuck is all this? This is crazy." <laughs> uh and then I was just like, "Was the game like this before? Like so many of the new creatures and 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 bosses they showed were like so yucky looking to me but i guess it i mean it was it was yucky games yucky. oh yeah it's a yucky it a, environment yeah wasn't was it elden ring that had the like giant made out of sewage in the forest mm. i can't some games i get confused with other games when i'm like uncomfortable and have to kill that something. sounds like that Right. That sounds like it could have been an Elden Ring or like a story from your childhood. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 the thing that I worry about is um, the muscle memory because I know it's not there for sure. a game like that. I have to get, I have to get back in there before June when the DLC drops, so I can refamiliarize myself with the. Um, with the UI, with the with the controls, with all of it, so I can just know what I'm doing when I get back in there. I don't want to be a fool in front of the shadow of the Erd tree. No, I I gotta do the same. 
Um, it, so I guess I'll have to finish up my fourth Baldur's Gate 3 playthrough before <laughs> yeah. then. You'll have to, one, finish Elden Ring first. And <laughs> that's true. That's a great point. <laughs> no, well, like Heather was saying, it's like, and and I honestly felt the same thing with BG3 of like, at a certain point, it becomes an obligation. Yes. At a certain point, it like requires willpower to force yourself through to the end game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, that that uh, as much as I loved Elden Ring, as much as I enjoyed the, the 100 plus hours I put into that game, at a certain point, I was just like, I've I've got I've got to step away from this. Uh, but I owe it to myself to go back to it and finish it. It's uh, I think about it a lot actually. Every time I'm in between games, I'm like, should I dust off Elden Ring? Now I have an excuse to do it. Yeah, because the, the DLC is uh just only a few months away, you know. But I, I I will be I'll be getting in there and reporting back for sure. Speaking of news, here in the in the in a this like news segment that we've never done but we're doing right now nintendo announced mother 3 for the switch online in japan which and they also announced like plush figures from the game and let me tell you nothing feels like more of a slap in the face than a a celebrated re-release of a game they've never ever bothered to bring here and as right. if as if it wasn't enough bringing out merch for that game feels like they know that it's lovable enough that people will want it in their space yeah and yet it is not it's still not here i know you guys have copies because i bought them for you and i think you threw them away but <laughs> the but Mine's in never. my analog pocket yeah. currently, actually. Most people don't get a chance to play it, and I'm I'm frustrated. The other news art, uh, article item that I wanted to bring up was that uh, in my favorite current game, Fortnite, which isn't my f- favorite game of all time, but my favorite current game, um, they just announced that Lady Gaga is going to do a collab, Love and that. a ton of her music is coming to the... And usually they do, like, some kind of mini concert... Uh, but she is dressed so much like she has like a single shoulder, uh, piece of armor that kind of evokes cloud. Oh. And I feel like her, her outfit overall doesn't evoke cloud, but there's, there's enough of it that I'm like, is it, is it like a, like mm. a, like a little bit of a wink? Um, and then that brings me to my personal news. Which is that last week on the show we watched Advent Children. That's right for for uh for our for our episode release, and I got so Final Fantasy pilled that I bought Cloud's sweater. Wow! Look at that thing. It's it's like it's his sweater, and it looks when I put it on, I feel like I'm Cloud. So now I have his sweater and his hair, and again, nowhere to wear this except walking around in a circle in my house. <laughs> but the sweater is low-key enough that I can wear it out. I don't think anybody... Yeah, I great. mean, pe- people might be like, oh, it's it's cloud adjacent. But it is, it's cloud's actual cording. You know, I'm glad that people exist who are like, oh, I want that sweater because then I can be like, oh, I want to buy it. So I bought yeah, cloud's sweater. It's, it's cosplay that you can... Uh, pass off as something else functional yeah 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 Yeah. that's gonna be great i think uh when you're when you're first back in studio just come full cloud (laughs) buster sword and all you have time to get a buster sword between now and then i'll just i'll just walk down sunset boulevard from wherever i've parked as full cloud yeah and people who know me to your back (laughs) 
yeah, people who know me in the neighborhood will just be like, oh, hey, Heather, what's up? <laughs> oh, it's happening today, huh? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Was there something on the news that I missed? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll go home. See ya. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I know that I'm safe because I guess Heather's on it. <laughs> Do we ever talk about on the podcast how like a guy in Italian parliament during like a government meeting accidentally shared like Tifa hentai? Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, I do. I, did that ever come up? I, I don't know if we ever talked about it. This is one of the craziest news stories. The, the thing was that it was so, so adjacent to what you do to us on a daily basis <laughs> that I don't feel like it was common. It's not wording. really news. And it's also like of the news it it's it it is crazy. It, it in a day became the least crazy. Like you know what I mean. Like right, whatever, yeah, whatever right. the next thing yeah. was was New like crazy. Moved on so quickly. <laughs> I mean, but like it would be one. I mean, because it's I don't know people that people have access to things in a way that they didn't used to. Right? It would be crazier if it was like George H W Bush sharing Tifa hentai like that's crazier to me sure. than like a new guy. Yeah, cuz I guess you could that's the thing of just like you can be of the age where like yeah, yeah. You, you just know what hentai is and where to get it yeah. and you would just be like but you'd also wear a person who holds a, a seat in like a uh as like a fascist member of an Italian parliament. Yeah. Yeah, like uh god, AOC plays like RuneScape or something or one of those types of games and like that would have been so wild and crazy to me. And now I'm just like, oh, yeah, like you got to, I guess, pass some time, you know, yeah. when you're on the floor during a filibuster or something, <laughs> do what you got to do. Or was it League of Legends or maybe it's both? Oh, League, of, League yeah, of Legends, yeah. I think it's what it was. Yeah. Future guest uh, AOC. Uh, oh, yeah. And then there's yeah. that congressman <laughs> who went to who went to prison because he was using campaign funds to buy things from the Steam store. Oh. Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> See, it's like a, you have to sort of take the good with the bad, right? Obviously, like one yeah, one shoe, the world is bad, but then... A congressman goes to prison for buy, using funds to buy stuff at a Steam store. That's really funny. It's very funny. Gives a tearful apology, apology at a news conference. Yeah, I'm sorry I bought Honey Pot with, uh, with all Steam. the DLC, yeah. all the extra skins. We we could watch because there is another news item that came out this morning as of record, which is that Borderlands, based on the game oh, of yes. the same name received a trailer, and I don't think any of us have seen it. We could watch it live and provide our, our feelings. Or we could skip it, because none of us care about that game. Uh, let's skip it, for the interest of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Nick really wants to talk about uh, Baldur's Gate 3 for some reason. <laughs> uh, but we should talk about some other video games we're playing. It's time for What Are You Playing? As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. What are you playing? Wow. It's me, the Resident Evil Merchant. <laughs> Coming in hot. That sounded like hot. it hurt. I what? That sounded like it hurt. Talking? Yeah, yeah. it does. <laughs> uh, I'm here. I'm from the game Resident Evil 4, where I normally ask, what are you buying? 
but I got fired from that game and have been on my uh, uh, eggshells here at Get Played as my follow-up job, but I come in every week. I am here every week, right? I've never missed an episode, have I? Think I you missed like the last like three weeks. You, yeah, you actually miss episodes all the time. I would say it's With probably no it's probably sixty forty. You're not here, yeah. versus when you actually show up. A lot of no call, oh, okay. no show. Right. I was locked in a gas station bathroom and lost track of time, so I can see how I might have missed a few weeks. Honestly, it was um, those locked was from the inside, huh? Those locked from the inside. Yeah, did you just not figure out how to yeah, do the no, latch? No, they, they locked me in there. Okay. Uh, from okay. the outside. They moved an ice machine in front of the door. Oh, uh, got it. yeah. Yeah, so I was in sort of like a solitary confinement drinking toilet water for, uh, for a few weeks. The sink uh, wasn't working? You went straight to drink the toilet water? Sink? <laughs> Where... <laughs> 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 wait, 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 wait. Resident Evil okay, so you, let, me describe, let me describe what's in the bathroom to you, and maybe you can point out what item is the sink. Okay. So there's like toilets, which we all know. Yeah. Of and then on yeah. the opposite wall, there was like a little hand towel, and then like a little microphone I couldn't figure out how to work. Uh, and uh, like a, it was like microphone? a microphone? Yeah, like a little silver microphone. That's probably is the nozzle, the faucet for the sink, where you can, you know, wash your hands after you use the bathroom. <sighs> okay, you I do- thought the toilet was an all-purpose water source. Okay, so you're using the toilet, flushing it, and then rinsing your hands off in the toilet bowl. That's extremely unsanitary. I do, yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it's unsanitary if, like, the toilet is not clean and if you're doing it with, you know, toilet stuff. In the toilet, but I do want to point out that the water in the toilet is no different than any other water. Except that it's sitting in a place that well, also yeah. houses people's pit, piss and shit. Yeah, and you don't, it's not ideal. Yeah. I would drink from the top. The top is a different story. You, you drink from the top, right? Yeah, you're going from the tank at least? No, nah, this one didn't have a tank. It's oh, not that okay. It was one of All those right. like straight out of the wall types. Yeah, right. Those industrial toilets. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Anyway, sorry I missed a few weeks, and also I apologize for having lost track of time. But I'm here to ask you the question: What are you playing? Uh, I'm I'm just glad you're okay. Is the the headline for me? Yeah, and considering that you were drinking from the bowl of the toilet, yeah, you seem to be doing pretty well. Yeah, it's utterly revolting, by the way. Like having to listen to all that, it's just disgusting. I mean, I ate a couple of napkins. Not as bad. Hurts. Hurts to do it. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it does. That would hurt. You didn't have like a loose like black bass in your trench coat or something like that that you were going to sell I later? I, 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 I was out. I had one green herb, one red herb. Okay, you can make a little uh, something there. Yeah, I wasn't injured. Like, what am I going to just like... You don't eat Neosporin when you're you know hungry. What? That's a great, no, that's a great point. Now I look stupid. You're right. Yeah, you do. Medicine is not food. It's not. I'm sick don't of having to repeat this over and over again. Medicine is not food. Yeah, but I'm the I, dumb yeah. one here. I, you're, nobody's dumb. There's okay. no, we don't judge here. We don't judge on get played. But I, <laughs> what? 
<laughs> no, I like I like the energy. Just coming Thank out you. is very hot. I am hot. I'm I've been in, I've been stuck. You know, it's a small space. Yeah. Uh, they uh, they condemned the building, which is the only reason I got out. Oh my uh, god. So wait, I already asked you. You already asked. What are you playing? What are you playing? I derailed us. I apologize. I do actually have an answer here. Something other than Baldur's Gate 3 I've been messing around with. Uh, a game that's in early access is from developer Fun Day Games, Deep Rock Galactic Survivor. Now, you may know Deep Rock Galactic. You may play Deep Rock Galactic because this is this beloved uh, co-op FPS that people keep recommending to me that I've never actually played. Either of you have messed around with Deep Rock Galactic? I have not. No, 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 no. Can't do that. I think it's a game the three of us could probably hop on and all play together and have just like the time of our lives. Wow. From what I've heard, it's it's people people love this game. Uh, this is a spin-off game that is a vampire survivors like in the same universe. Uh, so it is a bullet heaven game but with a completely different aesthetic to, to Vampire Survivors, which is like, you know, uh, this 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 8-bit pixel art that I find very appealing. Um, but this is a 3D engine, uh, and it's running at 60 FPS, and uh, it, it, at least that's what I'm running it as. Uh, and it's it's really pretty. It's, it's just a, it's a gorgeous rendition of this type of gameplay. Um, there are two gameplay differences versus vampire, or a few gameplay differences, more than two, uh, the vampire survivors based off of my time with the game. Uh, first off, there is a, there is a much bigger emphasis on resource collection. Mm -hmm. There are like when you kill the enemies, there's still like the, the orbs that are dispensed that you pick up to gain levels. That's, that's mechanically the same, but there is also like mining is a strong element. Like you're going around with a pick and you're uh, mining resources. And then related to that. Uh, you know, because kiting enemies is such a big part of these games, like directing the the mob to where you want them to go so you can stay safe and survive and 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 hit them with as many bullets as possible. You can carve like paths through rock. And, you know, obviously your movement is slower while you're mining. Um, but you can but like I found it really engaging to be like, oh, OK, I can kind of carve this sort of circuitous, you know, path through here, this little, like roundabout loop. Uh, the mobs will follow me through this. And as such, I can kind of like gain ground on them um, and also, uh, you know, find a way to I, I could just basically kite them exactly where I want them to go. Um, and uh, that's really satisfying. And also it has discrete levels you know, with a boss fight at the end of them and then an escape pod arrives and you got to flee to the escape pod before the timer is up. So that gives you a little bit of an extra thing of like, first off, I've got this big, this big heavy I've got to take down. Again, the thing that's in Vampire Survivors, but uh, it's represented a different way here. And then after I do that, like how I'm going to grab as many resources as I can uh, within the 30 seconds before I get back to my pod or else I, I'm trapped there and I fail my run. Um, I've seen some complaints in the user reviews about the progression feeling flat which if I spent more time with the game, maybe I would I would feel the same thing. But I do think it's it's very fun as is. And also, given the pedigree of this developer and that this is an early access, yeah. I think this is going to be awesome when it ships. Like, that's the sense I get of like, that's the sort of thing they'll figure out. They'll figure out how to not not make it feel flat, um, how to make it feel like, you know, uh, uh, have life as you're spending more and more time with it um, uh, or, 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 or feel like it's it's sustaining itself. Uh, you know, beyond just those those initial few hours of gameplay. So yeah, Deep Rock Galactic Survivor. I've really enjoyed my time with it so far. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah I think Deep Rock Galactic was like a PlayStation Plus game at one point, and I probably have it in my library right. because of that. But I'm yeah, that, I'll have to check that out because the the Vampire Survivors like of it all sort of is more appealing to me. I think. 
Yes, it's 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 a fun iteration on that. The one thing is, and and Heather, I know you didn't respond to Vampire Survivors as as much as as we did. Um, but as I was playing this, I was like, Heather would hate the quips in this game <laughs> because it's like it's like Scottish Scottish dwarves going like like you know, oh, it's just a flesh wound. It's like that that sort of stuff. And I'm just like, oh like man, Python. these would these would bother Heather so much. Aye. There's a bunch of things that are on a T-shirt. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I think it's, I think it's fun and charming, but uh, that's what I, I've been playing. I, I'm, here's what I love about games is that yeah. we don't have to like the same things, but it's we true. can like games together, and that's cool. It's a great point. And when, that is when a our great likes point. overlap, it's really fun. Um, but yeah, Matt, that doesn't sound been... like I'll be trying it out. <laughs> uh, Matt, what are you playing? Um, I'm back in um, Resident, not Resident Evil, excuse me. Um, Resident Evil! No, that was a mistake. It was an absolute mistake. Uh, I apologize. Um, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I meant to say Final Fantasy. He sprinted in here. Yeah, that was crazy. I don't know where he came from. Uh, I'm sweating. It was like he had been running. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I it wasn't like a, it wasn't a fresh sprint. <laughs> It was like, <laughs> it didn't start right outside. It was like, he came from far. I was at McDonald's. <laughs> the one down the street. You know, it's like, uh, just, it's down the street from the studio. Yeah, that's yeah. a good McDonald's. I've been there. Yeah. It's a Do you know that the McDonald's? fish fillet yes. is the only wep uh, weapon item? The only item on the uh, McDonald's menu with a steamed bun? That's interesting. There's I a special like drawer for it. Yeah. Yeah. This is bad. They have a special one. equipment just for the fish fillet bun, which is gently steamed. You know, that's that's Trump's favorite McDonald's menu item is the fish fillet, which he calls the fish delight. Uh, I I personally like that drawer because uh, I hate Trump. By the way, uh, I uh, wow, biggest shock uh, on earth. Uh, <laughs> other than that, I'm apolitical. You know, I don't. I think oh, they're interesting. All, all right. I just don't like Trump. Uh, he, he, he's something about him. He's like, anyway, I really like the fish fillet drawer at McDonald's because it's an excellent place to clean your clothes at night after the the shop is closed. That sucks. That sucks to hear. It's a yeah, steam you're, cleaner. You're wadding. You're wadding up a three XL trench coat and putting it into like a fist-sized alcove and steaming it? It's Fit? not getting no, clean. No, it's a There's... drawer. Oh, it's, it's a, a drawer. drawer. Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should watch a TikTok. It's, it's, it's fascinating. I don't need to see the behind-the-scenes at fast food. But stop making TikToks about it. I, I'm done. I don't need to see it. I say keep them coming. Matt, you were saying you're <laughs> playing Resident Evil. No, I meant to say I'm playing Final <laughs> Fantasy VII Remake. I'm back on it. After taking a uh, a couple weeks off for uh, Baldur's Gate, I knew I couldn't juggle both, right? Um, but you know, by the time this comes out, we'll be only days away from Rebirth, and hopefully, I'll be finished by then. Right now, I'm on chapter thirteen. Wow! I know that there are eighteen Ooh. chapters in it, so I'm yeah, getting close, close to the. I'm getting close, so that's going to be sort of my weekend homework. But I, I'm still really, really enjoying it. Um, something that I haven't talked about, um, that I really, really like in the game is, um, sometimes you'll be in an area where you haven't been and you'll see like a little, uh, uh, like an alert of sorts that's like three question marks and the music symbol. And you're like, I got to find where they're selling this piece of music that I haven't unlocked yet. Right. 
and then I go and I I I purchase the song, and then it says what it is. I'm like, it's the song from the game from before, but like a new version of it. And I just like doing that. I like trying to collect all those all those things. I did look at my quest log, and I realized that because I've progressed further than um, where these quests are, I accidentally failed two side quests. I'm a little upset, actually. That's a bummer. Oh. That did really make me upset, because I was making yeah, it a sucks. point to do all of them as they popped up. Yeah. But I accidentally failed two. Yeah. And um, I don't think I'll play this game again, right? Because I'll be playing the next one, unless I do a you know, finish Rebirth. And then by the time the third one comes out, I want to go through all three again. Right. But I don't see myself doing that because that seems insane. But um, I really like, I just really love it. And I love, um, I like buying stuff for the other party members. Like I'll buy stuff, I'll prioritize cloud because I use cloud the most. Sure. And I know that you can switch between the party members. I don't do it that much. though. I really kind of just like playing as cloud. He has the best. He has the best moves, I think. Like shooting as Barrett is fun, punching as as Tifa is cool, and using magic and stuff as uh, as Aerith is fun. But Cloud's my guy. He's the guy. He is yeah. the guy. I I did what what I and and I've t- I'd forgotten about the music thing. They're like they're CDs, right? Yeah, they're you, like little CDs. You buy you little buy CDs them. of the tracks from the game. That is that is a fun little little sub game. Um. I I found as especially as the combat got harder that switching between the characters frequently was like the best way to play through that game but it does get a little dizzying. Yeah, cuz like the camera does this like specific like pause but it shifts over to the other to the other character and I do I do like their move sets and I yeah. like you know hearing what they're saying when they're doing hitting and <laughs> and things like that but I just I just love Cloud. Cloud's such a good I love his sword. I love it. One thing I think they they do really well in that game is they make the Buster Sword uh, viable for the entire game. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like you start with it and then you can keep upgrading it and you can just use that and yeah. you can just look like Cloud with his famous sword the whole way through. I love. Yeah, no, I I really really love that. I've been thinking a lot about though while I've been playing this Final Fantasy. Uh huh. I've been thinking a lot about Final Fantasy sixteen. Mm. Right, because I was the one on the show that loved Final Fantasy 16. That's right. Nick didn't complete it, didn't bounce off of it, didn't really love it. Heather completed it, did not like it. Would go as no. far to say maybe hated it. Um, yeah, close, close to hating it. Mm-hmm. It's funny that I mean, and this is like you know, I know that Final Fantasy often re- like is like a different. It's always a different thing, right? The first maybe five or six, maybe five, are all closer to the same thing than they are different. They're different, but they're closer to the same kind of thing, I think. Yeah, the, the NES ones through the, the Super Nintendo ones, yeah. I get what you're saying. Honestly, I'd even say up through nine. They're all pretty, they, they, they shifted to 3D and they, they added a lot of, you know, uh, more cinematics, but it's fundamentally the same sort of design carried through. Nine goes back to like the like creature type, like you know, more fantasy rather than yes. like guys wearing normal clothes, right? And then sixteen comes along and is like Game of Thrones, kind of like right. that type of thing. I wonder. I kind of want them to go <clears throat> for seventeen if they do seventeen. Hope it's not an MMO. First of all. I would like them to go back to 
old school classes, right? Like, um, not just like a bunch of guys or like a guy with like a a sword. Give me a fighter. Give me a give me a a red mage. Give me a red mage. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I I, I could. It'd be interesting to see them try to revive a job system. See what that was like. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I'm loving it and I, I, I'm eagerly awaiting Rebirth. I'm very, very excited. Uh, Heather, what are you playing? Have I talked on the show about uh, Fortnite before? Because I've been playing that. <laughs> I um, think it's come up. It's come up. Uh, we only talked about Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> did I tell you guys about the statistic that uh, was shared with me about how many people in the world wear the skin that I currently wear in the game? No. So I play as Ivor from Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, previous all-star game of the Get Played podcast. <laughs> and apparently only four people in the world wear that skin. How did you uh, find this out? What? There's, there are websites that track what skins are most used and least used. Uh, so you can find out how many people are actively at any given time like wearing that skin or using that skin. Um, and there's very, apparently nobody, nobody's wearing that skin. Uh, which made me feel like a sense of ownership over it kind of like a gentle like oh yeah i'm ivor um previous to that i was rocking the uh t800 from terminator just that metal endoskeleton love that skin um i'm playing here we're gonna talk about you know baldur's gate and i've been playing a lot of baldur's gate and what's nice about these two games is they are extremely complementary energies it is a metronome of uh of like twitch physics and like instant re responses and then uh thoughtful exploratory um curiosity based gaming of right. Baldur's gate and so when i am like it rained a lot on president's day and i had a time i had the whole day off which was really nice uh you know you know because i've been recovering and it was really great to just like be able to sit in a gaming space for an entire day and flipping between those two games was so great because you'd play like three rounds of fortnite and you'd be like okay i have a ton of energy but i, I want to take a break from this and then baldur's gate comes in as the perfect counter programming for that game they they're they're fantastic games to play against each other <coughs> um but yeah, the season is coming to a close on Fortnite. Uh, they're doing a Ninja Turtles collaboration, which is excellent. The Shredder skin is great. The only thing about the collab that doesn't quite land is the music. But you can enter into all the sewer systems in the game and you get to see Splinter. And I don't know. it. They really do excellent work when it comes to collaborations in that, in that metaverse IP. Um, it's wonderful. So yeah, that's what I've been playing, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they bring out next season. But mostly, I've been playing Baldur's Gate. <laughs> well, let's get into it. It's time for our We Play You Play of Baldur's Gate Three, which was released on August third of last year. Uh, 2023, developed and published by Larian Studios, directed by its founder, Sven Vinke, 
It's an independent Belgian studio known for the Divinity RPG franchise. Uh, if people are less familiar with Larian or didn't know them prior to this game, it was in development for six years and in early access for three years. Uh, and I found this article from um, the site is a, a, a called a Navik. Uh, and it's uh, entitled How the Stars Aligned to Create the Success of Baldur's Gate 3. I'm going to read a short excerpt from this. The studio tripled in size to realize the ambition of Divinity Original Sin 2, their previous game, from a team of 50 on the original to 150 on the sequel. The studio's ambitions for BG3 were even higher, and when the choice came to scale down the scope or scale up the team, Larian decided to go all in and tripled in size once again. The BG3 team has about 450 members spread across seven locations around the world. The risk of having the biggest budget and the largest team was deprioritized in favor of the team's high aspirations for a Baldur's Gate sequel. So they bet big on this game, a 450-person team and it and a huge budget, and it paid off. Uh, sales figures have not been released, but it did really it did sell you know five billion copies on Steam at launch, and I've seen estimates as high as 22 million copies across PC and console. Uh, hard to find out exactly what it sold, but it's sold like gangbusters. And also was critically acclaimed, winner of the 2023 Game of the Year from the Game Awards, the Golden Joystick Awards, the Steam Awards, and a, a number of publications. Along those lines, on Metacritic, it is currently the top-rated game of all time across all platforms. Holy it shit. has taken the top slot um, from Ocarina of Time, which occupied it for, for many, many years. How can we not know how many copies of this dang thing has been sold, but we can know... How many people are wearing the goddamn <laughs> Assassin's Creed skin and know that it is exactly four? And if Heather stops, it will be three. Uh, there's power in information. <laughs> um, so let's address spoilers before we get into it. I, I think what we have we have landed on is first off, uh, we are well. Well, let's 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 before we even do that, let's just say where everybody is in this game. I'll go first. I've now finished the game twice. Uh, the first time I did it on Explorer difficulty, which is the story difficulty, uh, and then the this the one I just finished was on Tactician, um, which was the hardest difficulty. Now is uh, underneath Honor mode, which was released in in an update. Uh, I have three hundred forty eight hours played in this game, so I have dedicated a substantial chunk of recent months uh, to playing Baldur's Gate three. And I, I, I do plan on doing a third playthrough on honor mode, but that's where I'm at. I've, I've finished it twice. Matt, how about you? I, as of, as of the rainy president's day, have finished Baldur's Gate 3. I've wow. completed it, saw it all the way to the end. However many more ways I could <laughs> fill in the rest. Um, I did jump from a Steam playthrough to a PlayStation 5 playthrough so my time is skewed in a certain way uh it said like 64 and a half hours on steam which feels wrong also because i felt like at a certain point i had clocked 100 like i was just like playing it non-stop just like we all were mm -hmm. but um on you know from where i picked left off on ps5 uh or you know, where i left off on steam and picked up on ps5 it was a, an additional uh like 50 something hours 60 hours so all told it was like 100 and, i think all told it was like 117 hours uh for the for the playthrough got it yeah i have not beaten baldur's gate um i uh ha you know i've had a, <laughs> i had a rough fall um which uh which limited my um, ability to play a rough autumn games. just to clear things up for people yeah. that don't want to hear uh, more worse news. <laughs> yeah, I had a rough, 
Squirrel. No, I had a rough autumn. Um, and so I, I, I didn't get to put as many because when it, when the game first came out, I was playing it nonstop on my Mac before I realized that my save would not transfer, which was so fucking heartbreaking. Right. So you were I playing, had to, a, I think, an early access build, right? Yeah, yeah. So then I had to start all over again on PS5, which I did and have enjoyed. And I have not restarted my playthrough on PS5, which we'll talk about. Um, but I've also played many hours in multiplayer mode uh, with different characters. So my my current playthrough of Baldur's Gate is I think 45 hours in on the save that I'm currently playing but my grand total of played time in Baldur's Gate is somewhere around 70 hours wow um so it isn't it's not for a lack of of love for the game nor exposure to the game yes I just uh have not had a chance to beat it um but I'm really enjoying my playthrough, and this is one of the rare times where we do a we play, you play, and I will continue to play the game afterwards. Uh, that's awesome, Mir. And and you are like story wise, you're like into Act Two, is yes. my understanding. Yes. Yes, though I my entry into Act Two was very weird, uh, and a little messy, and we'll talk about that also. So to talk, so to return to spoilers, what we're going to do since Heather hasn't finished the game and uh, is is we are we are not going to spoil the ending for her. We are going to record separately with just me and Matt uh, talking about the end game, and then for anyone here who doesn't want that spoiled, that will be at the very end of the episode. So we'll do everything, and then there'll be a little extra thing with a little extra warning uh, about just talking about the 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 back part back end of Act Three and the end game specifically. Uh, at the end of this episode, the end game of this episode. Uh, but I think for our discussion, we're going to keep things pretty loose and open, um, but talk up through act two. So, you know, that there will be some some story and, and character spoilers throughout here uh, through the first couple acts of the game. I think that's what we landed on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so so fret not. And, you know, uh, if you if you if you do hear something that maybe you didn't want to hear, uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, yeah. I guess if you if you really absolutely don't want to hear anything about like the Gauntlet of Shar or you know the Night Song, you, like if that's stuff you still want to be in the dark about, then it, then you might want to to bail on this. You might want to turn the volume all the way down on the free feed of the podcast, but keep it playing. Right, it helps our metrics if you get yeah, all the way through. I think it. you want to just listen to it all the way. You know, you want to play it all the way through. Yes, you, you could at least do that. Yeah. We don't want to look like that uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla skin. <laughs> yeah, only four people finished this episode. God, if I found out, actually, I never want to see anything like that. <laughs> uh, the, but, no, I, I think I think like we we still will try to give a spoiler country yes. warning if we start feeling like we're spoiling anything you know too pivotal in Act Two. But but for the most part, we're going to talk pretty openly about Act One and Act Two. Oh, I should also note that we're recording in the aftermath of Patch Six, aka the Kissing Update, uh, which has a number of consequential gameplay uh, and UX UI. Uh, fixes um including easy party member swapping which is huge 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 update that's a great one um i didn't know it was the kissing update until i made my characters kiss and i was like wait these are different <laughs> 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 
and uh, the you know the default player character is for the most part now the speaker in cutscenes, which is a which is easy. I mean that 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 and that speaks to I think a big part of this game is as it's continued uh, and as it's post release rather, it has gotten a lot of support, um, a lot of substantial uh, free updates. Uh, additional content and then just general like quality of life improvements and i think that's a there's every expectation that that will continue so it, it's great that this game has been supported like that uh, i love this game it's amazing yeah yeah i mean having ha- i did take some time away from it right like to sure uh and then getting back into it it was it was like you know the the, the tired phrase like riding a bike i got back in there and immediately it was like, oh yeah, I love everything about this game. I love, I love just, I love my characters. I love my party. I love my Tav. I love, I love, uh, you know, I love all of it. And I loved um, some of the late game uh, powers and things and abilities that I got. Because I got all the way to, I'm not sure how possible it is to finish the game um, not at the level cap, which I think, I believe is 12. Um, I hit it like I feel like midway through Act Three on both yeah, of my playthroughs. I did, I did too. Um, but I think, um, like getting to that and knowing that I was as strong as I could be was freeing in a lot of ways. Because like sometimes early in the game, I was like you know level five or whatever, and being like, is this even possible? Like for where I am, uh, and yeah, the game. Most of the game is possible if you're if you're clever and um and, and careful. Um you don't have to be so strong to survive a lot of uh um encounters, but it it does help. You know what I would love is to hear I think a great way into this cuz it's such a big conversation to have is to hear what your uh like what your build was and for Nick, you know, multiple builds. Uh and then sort of like your initial experiences uh, because like again, if people are dropping in and they haven't heard any of the previous times we've talked about Baldur's Gate, I'd love to to refresh them or bring them on board so that we can talk about what we did. I'll go first. For example, um, I played, or I I chose to play a half elf thief with a background of criminal, uh, because my favorite thing to do in a game like Baldur's Gate is to open doors, pick locks, and pick pockets because yes. I really want to see everything. And what's funny about Baldur's Gate is I do think that being a thief prevents you from seeing everything as opposed to other games where I feel like being a thief breaks. Like you can go, you can get a key and open a door that you're not supposed to open. In Baldur's Gate, there is a, a bit of a story ramification if you go into an area you you aren't supposed to be in when you're supposed to be there. Um, so I, I, I picked a thief because I'm like, I don't want to, like, it's also the reason why in, like, say, uh, The Last of Us, I spent the most uh, of my, what were they, shivs? Whatever yes. it was that you could use to open lockboxes. Like, that's where I spent most of that weapon resource because oh, yeah. I always want to see what's inside of the box. So that's why I picked a thief and then I wanted her to get like, you know, I wanted her to be happy when she was opening a box. I wanted her to be sad. So I gave her the background of criminal um, and I left her name as the default for Tav. How about you guys? I played. So I, my first playthrough and I should mention that, that. And this is always the way I play like any sort of RPG with character creation. I always have a couple false starts. 
So I so I I I, I, I messed around a couple of times, um, got a few hours in, and then restarted. And then my first full playthrough was as a half wood elf, uh, bard, College of Lore bard, uh, uh, that kit, um, named Ori. And then this character uh, played pretty virtuous all the way through it, and and uh, you know, that that was kind of that was a pretty straight ahead playthrough. Uh, uh, but I did miss a lot of stuff, and I was because I was playing without a guide. I was just sort of like going through and and making decisions and living with the consequences. There were a couple of things where I thought what was the the clear good and virtuous choice. Uh, when I looked it up later, I was like, oh wait, no, interesting. Like I what the game was was asking me to do was actually something different. Um, and there were a few like like pretty major uh, subquests that I like just took different paths through. So I didn't see the the back end of. So, for instance, like the hag, uh, when I returned to which continues starts in act one and continues all the way through act three, I saw all of the hag story um, in mm. my my second playthrough. But I missed that in the first one. What? Wait, what? That continues through act three. The hag. Yeah. The, I mean, the hag keeps going. Uh, what do you mean by that? I mean, there's no way to talk about this without giving getting into spoiler country. So you can, I mean, here's the thing. I think a, a non-spoiler way to say this. Yes. You can continue the storyline or you could do what I think it sounds like Heather and I did. You could end this, that quest prematurely. There are, there, yes, there are different <laughs> paths to that. She, well, I don't want to know. I uh, This is interesting. How do you talk about this without spoiling things? I guess we're in medium spoilers now. Uh, I, as soon as I found those two dudes uh, who were like, our sister, or whatever the fuck they were talking about, like our sister's been kidnapped. I was like, yeah, sure. I'll go get her for money. And they're like, Fuck you. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <I left. laughs> it's like very consistently role playing that I'll do anything for for financial gain, which just I like that it very rarely stops progress in a quest, but mostly makes the NPCs a little annoyed with you. Yeah, like that's really like, funny. Fine. Yeah, okay. We'll pay you to do the right thing and I'm like, "All right, great." Um, but those guys were like Fuck off. Absolutely not. We are not paying you to rescue our sister. So I followed them and they get murked by somebody. I think you yeah. find that that happens off screen. Um, and so I went into the. Uh, oh, and I called out that hag on her bullshit because I, you know, used some skill to like process that she was deceiving them about how nice she was. So when I show up at her house, I. I opened up on her because I was like, oh, this this lady's lying to these people. And I think she just killed them um, and then followed her down into her little chamber and like wiped out all those people down there and like kept following her and then uh, murdered her, saved the girl, went into her like secret study, used her spell to enter into the Underdark and then, like, found myself in an area which I don't think you're supposed to get to until Act Two, right? No, you can get. I mean, I you can get. That's just one way into the Underdark, which has a bunch of different intro, like introductions, a bunch of in different okay. entry points. So yeah, that, that's like a completely normal way to progress that. And oh, okay, great. So yeah, that that's you. You know, you did, the whether or not that 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 quest continues. Um, but I but, but the overall thing I'll say is that the for me is like my first playthrough. I did all the major stuff. 
uh, and I got what I believe is the canonical ending, which we'll talk about later. Uh, the second, my second playthrough, I did, I think, everything. And I, my second character was a, a, was a tiefling Oath of Vengeance Paladin. Um, Oath of Vengeance Paladin was a really fun class to play because Oath of Vengeance is specifically, like, it's not quite a lawful good alignment. I don't know exactly where it lies, if it's like lawful neutral or whatever, but it's all about like avenging wrongs. And so you will get these Oath of Vengeance prompts where it will be like, that person has has uh, betrayed your trust. I will kill them for you. Like, yeah. and it's like it's just like a really interesting sort of wow. absolutist, uh, oh. you know, moral character to play. Uh, but I but I still overall played it very very good. Although there were a few times where it felt like Oath of Vengeance was pushing me towards like I've got to punish the wicked here, and that means that I've got to kill someone on someone yeah. else's behalf. You're playing a, like a Batman build. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Uh, um, and uh, and so. It, and and along those lines, this just kind of speaks to the scope of the game and, and one of the many things that, that amazes me about it. There are not just Paladin-specific lines, but Oath of Vengeance Paladin-specific lines. So one of the three subclasses of one of like, you know, 14 classes, however many, 12 different classes you can choose from in the game, had specific dialogue in missable side quests. Mm -hmm. So just the, the idea that they went to the trouble of being like, we're going to have a, we're going to record individual VO for a response, a, 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 an NPC response to an Oath of Vengeance Paladin line uh, for the 1500 people who will play it this way. You know, it's it's just kind of like the, how comprehensive they were. I, I, I just cannot imagine flow charting all this out. Um, and then to actually execute it. So anyway, so what I'm saying is, is that was a playthrough. I did. I also did it good again. I, I couldn't resist. I didn't want to be full evil. I, I played through this virtuously. Um, I, I the, the combat was was obviously much more difficult um, and then but manageable. And then also uh, I did basically every side quest. I don't think I missed anything. Wow. Um, That's insane. I did, I did miss some side quests. In, in in my in my playthrough, I'm very aware of two very specific things that I missed. Wait, and say just just yeah. tell let us know what your character was again. Oh yes, um, my character was a um a, a wood elf barbarian. I read that because I hadn't ever played one of these games before, so I was like, I need an I need like an easy on ramp for for me to be able to enjoy this game, and I'm really glad I did this. And everyone said a barbarian is going to be easy for like is an easy class yeah. to start with. Um and so I did I I was a wood a, a wood elf barbarian. Uh I kept the default name Tav also because I did not know that I could change it. Um and I I you can pick like a when you're a barbarian you can pick like a type of animal to like rage as. Yeah, and if you do, if you do a wild heart barbarian, yes, yes, and so I I was doing that, and um I uh I, I had Carlac in my party also who had a sim he is very similar to how I was playing my character, um but I I made sure that our um our our rage animals were different. Carlax was a bear, and mine was an eagle, um sort of uh on my banjo kazooie uh <laughs> 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 oh, shit but uh i didn't think about that honestly until just now like, that's really funny that um but uh i i also i sort of played this game knowing th like that making the um like the i didn't want it i played virtuously as well and i 
because I, I can't help but just do what I think the game wants me to do sometimes in that way. And that's not really like a role playing exercise, but I would also sort of my my tab was just like a I'm just asking questions kind of guy. Like I would I would I would see I would see an option to be like, let me just see what this would get me. Yeah. And then, you know, Gail or whoever would be like, I don't think that's such a good idea and get kind of mad and I'd be like, okay, okay, we don't have to we don't have to do that. I was just asking questions. I like that. So you just you played you role played as the annoying guy in the comments. I would kind of just be like, hey, you know, like maybe we don't. You're like the Tucker Carlson of barbarians. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe we, you know, maybe we don't, uh, you know, uh, do this in service of the god of magic or whatever. Right. Sure. Uh, and then uh, Gail's like, oh, well, well, wait a minute. What if we do this? And I was like, oh, yeah. If that's what you wanted, I'm just seeing. I kind of would just defer to whatever the characters felt like they actually wanted to do. I would always just go with what they wanted. I actually love that about this yeah. game. And and there are a few situations where that that isn't the case and those kind of feel like um you know notable because this isn't present but like for a lot of the major decisions there are times when you can be like step back and let shadow heart handle this you yes. know what i mean like 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 you can let it you can defer to a character Say nothing yeah, yeah which feels like a way like it like if you're role playing it in a certain way there are times when it's just like oh wait no this isn't my place to speak i understand that i should i should defer to somebody else on this topic uh, or this is their decision to make. I should let them make it. Or if you want to role play a different sort of character, a more domineering sort, you can just step in in those moments and make your voice heard. But but I I do love that I do love that optionality that there are times when you can just like let someone else make their choice. Yes, yeah, because then it's like okay, well, that's the choice they made. I can't. Ma there are certain things that I felt like I couldn't make that choice for them. Yeah, because I also had just been, you know. You do you do weirdly become attached to your party. Like I was very very fond of. Uh, I had I rolled with Shadowheart, Carlac, and Gale, and like I switched Gale out for a little bit, but then Gale came back into the fold because I I missed Gale. Who was doing your thiefly duties? Uh, I mean, I me kind of, but like not not very well. <laughs> we were have we. We were having a really hard time with lockpicks and, and things like that. And then I would get to some doors sometimes yeah. that had a high, had like a high dex roll. And I would go through a bunch of like thieves tools. Yeah. And then run out and be like, you can't unlock this. I'm like, I guess we're not, not uh, unlocking this door. But if the often if the door was made of wood, that door was coming down. I was just attacking doors. I do. So that's, that's the thing I do love. I love that you just bust shit up. Yeah. You, just, you can just, like, and that's also the case for a lot of puzzles in general of this game. Mm -hmm. Not that the puzzles are ever all that difficult, but, like, it's, like, also, like, I didn't want to, you know, like, if you didn't change into cat form and, uh, you know, read the hidden note in the banker's office uh, to get the vault combination... Uh, sometimes you can take a, just, just take a big war hammer and knock that some bitch open. Yeah, and and it's like that feels very D and D. Uh, feels very you know like like this is a role playing experience, but also it's just like like oh this is uh, this is interesting to have things presented as, um, uh, you know as obstacles, not as puzzles. Uh, and I know this is a thing that's been present in a lot of uh, you know I'm no stranger to to uh, RPGs, so I know this has been present in a lot of games, but it's 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 very well presented in Baldur's Gate 3. It's it's satisfying because there are things that you would want to do. Here the only frustration I have with the game is wanting to do something, knowing it's possible in the game and not being able to figure out how to do it. Which when you're doing a, a tabletop game with a DM, you just say the thing. You're just like, 
okay, I'm going to cast this spell and I'm going to do this and then do that. And like you roll for it and, and, and either achieve it or you don't. Whereas in this, there would be times where I'd be like, ah, okay, I, I know I can set this on fire, but I cannot figure out how to set this on fire. And I, and I'm not like, like it's wood. I have flame spells. I have oil, but I don't know how to combine these things in a way that will allow me to set this thing on fire. Also, that's a funny um, example of something I want to do. <laughs> something on fire. Um, but I do like the, the, the times where it's, it's successfully implemented is like, okay, this fucking person is like, I'll give you the key when, uh, when you finish this quest or like, you know, that there's like a barrier, a magical barrier in a room and you have to put something into a fucking lock in order to undo it. And you're like, I bet this lady has this on her. So you leave the room, separate your party into two groups, re-enter invisible, pickpocket her, and sure enough, it's in her pocket. And you can take it out of her pocket, skip all of her fucking missions yeah. that she wants you to like prove yourself or prove your loyalty or whatever the fuck, and then walk back in as a group, put the thing in the lock, and she immediately is like, wait, 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 wait how did you, why do you have that? Yeah. <laughs> and the door is talking <laughs> to you, and the door is like, Oh, you must be the chosen one. Come on in. And, <laughs> and everybody in the room is upset, but nobody can prove that you've done something wrong. Feels like a virtual implementation of your favorite moments of Dungeons and Dragons, which, by the way, the movie captured very well. 100%. No, Honor Among Thieves is, is similarly like just like it's this is the fun of what this experience is. Yeah. I, I also think it's worth noting that a huge part of the story of the game is its reception um in terms of like you know its commercial success uh because like that's a that's a big part of this game is not just like it's doing these things but it's doing things that have reached a point of mainstream awareness right like that's what what takes this game it, it elevates this game in terms of importance and in terms of legacy to a game that kind of alters how uh alters gaming moving forward at least that that's what i think is going to happen i think this is on the level of something like a skyrim or a minecraft or a dark souls that this comes out and this has so much influence over the marketplace uh because the obviously developers are going are are aware of this and and you know that that's going to influence that level but this is like commercially successful enough where publishers are like we need to do this and that's what leads to imitation at this kind of scale. And that's what that'll lead to iteration. And I think it's it's going to be a, a huge net positive for where gaming is going to go in terms of games that are going to try to to emulate this, uh, this approach to design at this scale. And and like, you know, again, it's uh, that's the other part is like this is this has triple A production values. Yeah. Like this is. Yeah, a lot of this stuff was present in, in Baldur's Gate 1 and 2, or uh, Divinity Original Sin, that franchise, Larian's previous games. Like, a lot of that stuff was present. You, Fallout New Vegas has this stuff, but they were not as visible. They were not, uh, uh, they were not played by everybody, and they did not look and sound like this. It is, like, I... It, it boggles the mind to just, like, stop and think about, like, the, the totality of this game... And like the opportunities that it like presents to you in game, because like I just know that like we all saw completely different stuff. Like yes. and that's really crazy to think. 
Well, I, I, you actually had a nice transition point that we should yeah. go back to, which you talked about mm. what your core party members are. Oh, and, yes. and so you didn't have Lazell, which is which completely influenced your playthrough all the way through the end game, which yes. we'll talk about. <laughs> um, yes, yes. Uh, I uh, so my core party for basically both playthroughs ended up being I, it's it, it sounds like a boring way to do it, but I just liked it so much that I went back to it. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. like it's 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 the it's the I think the big ones. It's it was Lazell um Shadowheart and Gale and on my first playthrough I was a bard which I would advise anyone who who hasn't played this game and is curious about it and doesn't know which class to play play a bard it's so fun it has a bunch of class specific dialogue it's also a very powerful class both in and out of combat and the most important stat in the game is charisma because so much of the gameplay is driven by conversations and if you have a high charisma stat you can talk yourself out of combat oftentimes and 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 talk your way into solving situations. Um, so I, I would definitely advise that for anyone. But because a bard uh, has a sleight of hand proficiency, that handled all of my lockpicking duties, uh, which are another huge thing in this game. And I'm amazed that you were able to get through it without a rogue uh, in your party because... On my second playthrough, what I ended up doing is I I took uh, at first a couple levels and then later reduced it just to one level of 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 rogue for Shadowheart mm -hmm. and then put the rest into cleric so that Shadowheart was able to handle all of the uh, lock picking duties and that also and trap disarming uh, duties and that also t felt like it, it tied into like the sort of you know uh, trickery domain cleric you know char acolyte sort of uh, trickster. Uh, a character so it felt fitting yeah. for that so then i had that character since my my main character was a paladin uh that character handled all that stuff i i i do i do think i maybe played this game in an insane way which was that i kind of just i kind of just did everything like i there was there was a couple of occasions where i'd have somebody else do something else yeah but for the most part i would say 95% of the things I did as as my player character Taz. I, I don't think that's unusual. Yeah. And I think that's that's all that's a perfectly valid way to play, obviously. I mean, hey, you got through the I game. Did, I did finish it. Uh Heather, what's kind of your your party you're running with? Well, I'm running with all the members of uh the 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 world that are still available to me. <laughs> uh, I've got uh Shadowheart, Lazel, and Asterion are the only people I can bring anywhere because they're the only people. I mean, Halcyon is in my camp, but as far as I know, he's not available as a party member. He just fucking talks to me. Um, maybe that's different. Maybe that changes. I don't know. Um, or maybe he's really upset at what I did to the Druid uh, area. Uh, but those are the only guys who haven't either left in extreme disgust and anger at my actions or attacked me on site. And I didn't know they were possibly going to be a party <laughs> character. Uh, and then Gail left because he was like, he lied to us about what, what he, who he was. And I was like, well, fuck you then. Like what? I haven't lied to you. So I told him to go fuck himself and he left. <laughs> but I was like, none of the other, you know, Shadowheart hides that she's got like an item. But generally speaking, nobody's lying to you about anything. They're just like, 
difficult people, right? Like Asterion's like pretty fast is like, I'm a vampire. And uh, Shadowheart pretty fast is like, I got this item and, I, and, I'm, and it's pretty spooky. And I also like this, this evil lady. And as soon as she tells you, you have the option in dialogue to be like, that's fine. Thanks for telling me. Or you can like have an issue with it. But Gale, like, see, like, he's like, I, I've made a pact with some, I don't know. I don't even remember the fuck he tell, told us, but it pissed off everybody. And like, I talked to Shadowheart and I talked to Lazelle and he talked to Asterion and they were all like, I can't believe he hid that from us. And, you know, I was like, you know what? I can't believe that either. And went back and talked to him. And I was like, he's like, so do you accept me even though i've kept this secret from you and i was like fuck no dude and he's like okay i'll leave <laughs> um it's it's uh I, 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 again i love that you have that option to just like say you're out of my party and that you i also like that you chose it <laughs> but like yeah like, but it's a, the kind of thing where it's just like they don't have to have that in the game like there could have been a reality where they're like it's certainly a, a much easier to design much easier to qa a game where we know Gale is going to be in the in the user's party after a certain point. They they will always be present in the in in the player's camp. Like it's so much easier to have the the worst option be like, you have betrayed me. I don't know if I can forgive you for this, but they stay in your party. But they have the option. You can just kick him out, get the fuck out of here, and then you never see him again. He's just not present for the game. This character who is relevant all the way through the end game story-wise. Yes. Like all so that shit is fucking is fucking crazy. I've heard that you can, that if you don't find Asterion, which I didn't do, I couldn't, I didn't find him when I first played on my Mac. Uh, so I was stunned when I found him in the, my second playthrough and he's really close to the beginning. Like I was like, oh shit, I just missed this guy. Yeah. Um, but if you don't find him, you do find him as a corpse later, which is pretty grim. It's very, uh, it's very Elden Ring. Um, the uh, very from <laughs> the, the, the other thing is, what you were talking about is like, is like not all the party members have secrets. I mean, it's like you know, I, I think Will, who is another major character, uh, major companion that uh, you probably drove out of your camp because of your genocidal rampage. <laughs> um, he is another guy with a secret, like, and it's like a huge secret that comes out and is like a, a, a huge part of his character. But he is also like the closest to like kind of a, a virtuous character, a fully like good character uh, throughout. And and so like he's uh, he obviously he and Carl like obviously aren't going to be a part of your your playthrough if you're going the evil route um, or the I'm chaotic not, neutral. At. No, chaotic neutral. Yes. I never, ever, ever. And I'm pretty deep into act two and i've had like i've got friends in the world like not i've gotten far enough away from the initial act of terror that people are starting (laughs) to be like regular (laughs) always telling when somebody's like i have friends (laughs) (laughs) just took it just took a while Yeah. yeah Uh, speaking of the companions, and I think that this <laughs> you this were kind like of canceled and then like waited a year and came back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it's okay. I'll just make movies again. I'll just be a famous stand-up again. It's yeah, fine. Tav's just back. <laughs> yeah, Tav's at the Hollywood Bowl. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's sold out. Yeah. <laughs> it's called the Truth Tour. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> um. 
all the compa- like and, and I you know this is my reading of it I uh, but I, I all the companion quests to me uh, they all seem like journeys of acceptance mm-hmm. right like they are and that ties in with what's happening with with Tav with the player character as well it's like you know Astarian and Will are uh, controlled by abusers uh, Gale and Carlac's bodies are destroying themselves uh, Lazel and Shadowheart were indoctrinated into death cults all of these people's lives did not go. Uh, as they planned and have been disrupted by this this event. And they are all kind of having to make peace with that. And through, over the course of this journey, uh, you know, either reject or accept that. And you, and you can go either way. And that so much is like thematically ties in with the with your own character's illithid parasite. And obviously, all everyone's got a brainworm at this point, but mm-hmm. your uh, your illithid parasite, which is like, you know, again, it's it's disrupting your plan it's 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 altering this character's fate and it's altering your body in a way you can't control your brain and body in a way you can't control and ultimately how much do you want to fight against that or how much do you want to just accept it and treat it as a strength you know who also i think has the illithid parasite a lot of our u.s politicians they have worms for brains over there Emma and I it's, are clapping in studio yeah i was shocked to get a clap from emma <laughs> <laughs> it's just straight up go off king (laughs) it's Um, funny that two of the major role-playing games of the last few years and i'm speaking about cyberpunk 2077 and bg3 sure uh have been about having a terminal condition yeah and Mm. what you do in the wake of finding that out uh that allows you to continue existing until this thing either destroys you like both of them also are about like, well, I have like I have this thing in my brain and it's going to kill me, but temporarily it'll make me stronger. So I'll I'll do what I can to live under those circumstances. Those are the parameters of existence. Um, and that feels a little bit like and I'm going to say something big here that feels like what it feels like to be in America, mm. which is that we all know this system is rotting and destroying itself. We can see what it's doing to like individual people through like wage, wage suppression, inflation, corruption. Like it is squeezing us all to death and eventually we'll either destroy the planet or, or the system will explode from within and there'll be like a French revolution or whatever. Um, But while it's here, we all have to make this pact with like, well, I mean, I'm going to buy a car. Yeah. Like, we just have to be and like, I'll we use just these this. roads. Like yeah. there's all of these like subconscious, uh, you know, pacts we make with the system and with the country. Uh, and for those of you who are listening in other places, because I know we have a lot of international listeners. Uh, I'm sure that you feel that way about your systems also. Or perhaps maybe you look at America and see it as sort of an indictment of the way we exist, but it feels like a specifically American theme. Like, fuck, this thing's going to kill us, but maybe for a little bit, we have a big military. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that's why the, you know, zone of interest is the movie of the moment because it's like, we're, it's just like, how can you live just normally amidst such horrors amidst such atrocities? And it's just like, well, that's just like, living 
that that's just what life is. Yeah. Like there's just like unspeakable horrors happening constantly, and yeah. there's and you're just gonna I don't know you're gonna go record your video game podcast because that's what you do. <laughs> yeah, and <clears throat> and if you're if you're my Tav, yeah, you're taking all this in. You're like God, this this tadpole in my brain's gonna kill me. I better eat every single one that I find <laughs> and have more. <laughs> I can tell that we're we're playing similarly cuz I not only did I eat them whenever I found them, but I also convinced everybody else they might be good for us yeah. like through through deception and like charisma, like I'd be like, I don't know, this I, I feel like this might be okay. And like, initially everybody's like, ha, ah, and now everybody in my party party is like, yeah, put the worms in my brain. Let's do it. I, yeah. I convinced a couple, but a, a, a lot of my party was like, you're a fucking maniac. No, absolutely. <laughs> right. It, it's, it, but it is a thing of, of, it is a, I, I think there's another thing of this, uh, that this game does interestingly. And I touched this, I uh, touched on this previously taking the like using the illithid parasite um in conversations and then also consuming additional parasites to to improve your powers it just objectively makes you more powerful yes like the choice there is just a, is a purely moral one do i want to allow myself to become uh more mind flayer than person uh the trade the the trade-off is uh i'm more powerful but i'm less human but that's it. It's not like it's like, oh, well, well now I'm going to, to, to suffer all these other cons negative consequences right. in the game. It's purely it's purely an advantage from a combat perspective. And, and some of the things that you get, like my favorite one was um, Perilous Stakes, I think it was called. Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. Perilous, Perilous Stakes is an illithid power that you basically you can cast it on an enemy and it like um, it gives them the opportunity they're able to now be vulnerable to any type of attack, but every time they uh, get like they they every time they successfully attack and take damage, or or they uh, you know they they hurt you, uh, they gain health. Uh, yeah. So it's like a okay, is this really worth it? But if you're like you're fighting some sort of enemy that's not. Uh, vulnerable to a lot of things. It's very, very helpful. It's that's a great power. And there's so much burst damage available in the mm -hmm. game that you can do that on an enemy and then kill them before they even have a chance to attack. Yeah. Yes. No, that and like black hole. And I, I don't have, I haven't looked at an illithid parasite tier list. I'm sure one exists, but like that, those to me just seem absolutely. Next week's episode, we're gonna uh, <laughs> rank all the uh, uh, illithid powers. Uh, th those those seem absolutely op because you could you mm -hmm. could just completely control the board with black hole and suck all the enemies towards one point, um, which is which is another one and again like, i really if you, like yeah i really like stage fright stage fright's great another great one as a power um i enjoy that one that i i like the idea of just making enemies frightened yeah and generally speaking my combat is against frightened enemies i don't know what it does but i like that they're scared and i can see it on screen it, it gives them that disadvantage so scary, it gives them disadvantage <laughs> on attacks <laughs> yeah i like seeing them scared <laughs> There are so many status effects in this game. This is one of the things that makes yeah. playing through just absolutely daunting. And it's the kind of thing of just like, in a broader, in a broader sense, it's amazing that this, that I keep saying the word amazing. And I, I know that's annoying, but it's like, it's that Larian. It's amazing that the game works. It's amazing that the game works. And it's also amazing that Larian was just like, we're going to, not really make any compromises here. I'm sure some compromises were made, but ultimately we're going to put out the game we want to make 
and then to have everyone receive it and be like, we love this. Yes. Like that's such a miracle when that ever happens. When it's just like, hey, you know what? We're just going to make all the decisions we want. We're going to throw in a status condition uh, muddy that you'll see in one <laughs> yes. combat encounter. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's just like, and we're going to have that in there and, you know, and you're just going to deal with it. Like in, the, wait, in this wait, particular circus. Yeah. I, you can you can summon a an elemental that makes everything muddy, and I like that el- elemental. I I use that one. Yeah, the mud it's method. Like a, it's a it's a, like a mud goblin. Yeah, <laughs> throws mud. That's really like makes... really good. <laughs> I when I played D anD D, I played a, a swamp druid, so I was like a mud. <laughs> I was like a mud guy. Yeah. I love it. The mud's funny. It's great. It is. It's funny. It's great, but but it's it's just it's just so jam packed with so much. It's such a more is more approach. Yeah, it also I think it celebrates how impressive the D and D system is. Sure, that these things have been dropped into a game and work. That like you, mm-hmm. there's not there's not, that generally it's like oh you can use this thing in a combat situation or you can use it in a conversational situation and having that rule set implemented as a game system works is fucking awesome yeah that, that's why i like i'm just trying you know because i could i could find things that that bug me about this game that i could complain about but i'm just like i'm trying to keep the conversation and, and and I do have issues with it, but I, I'm trying to keep the conversation so positive because to me, it's more like, yeah, there may be things that bother me about the the inventory system. And there are there are, you know, the you're map. looking at the hot bar and you're squinting at so many uh, identical like looking map. icons. Yeah, there, there are things that are like a little bit uh, that, that I ha- there are grievances that one can have uh, with the UI. But there's also so many things like just that you can cast a, a spell like Guidance or friends, something that helps your um, uh, that helps your character during a dialogue encounter without popping out of that encounter or having to cast it in advance that you can cast it like from within the menu. Like that's thoughtful design that that's implemented like that. I I, uh, I, I just stepping back to what you're saying earlier, Heather, about like the this game about like like or the stuff about like just kind of living in in the living right now and and how and this game's comment on that i mean i think that also comes across in uh in terms of the absolute and the scheme that exists to weaponize the absolute to essentially create a false god to brainwash a bunch of bunch of of underlings into fighting a crusade on the behalf of the powerful i mean that's so much of just like a uh, you know, that feels like so much of a comment on just like uh, how how people are mobilized into a wartime footing. Um, and and the other thing I think it does is is it's just it feels like ultimately like a rejection of utilitarianism. Like it's it feels like the the ends justify the means people in this game are such monsters. They're such pieces of shit and what? they're fundamentally inhuman. What the what? Come on, That's man. What it feels I'm like. right here. I'm right here. What are you talking about? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but I, don't know, I think I do think it makes that point very effectively, and I'm I'm always in favor of like anytime I see something, I see utilitarianism taken down a peg because it's it's I, usually monstrous. I want because we've we've talked about again. I'm uh, just thinking about people who are tuning tuning in just for this episode. I want to recap what happened to my character and why I only have four party members. Because I think that it is a celebration of the game's strengths 
that I am so far into the game and it hasn't collapsed or that I haven't hit a dead end, which is that in one of the earliest play areas, which is the Druid, Druid Village. Um, the Grove, yeah. Yeah, playing as a thief, I opened a box that I was told that. So there's a hidden passage that goes around the back of a storehouse. I went down the hidden passage, jumped on the roof of the storehouse, entered the storehouse, and there's a lady who's paralyzed. She's like, I, I, I'm stuck in here. I forget why. Uh, help, don't help me. Don't do it. Get out of here. You're not supposed to be in here. Who the fuck knows? But she's with all these boxes. And I search the area and I start going through the boxes. And she starts screaming because she's like, help, there's a thief in here. And the door opens from the front and there's like a security guard who's like upset at me. And the security guard's like, we're going to take you to jail. And I was like, no, no, you're not. Like, I'm just looking. Like, I haven't stolen anything. Uh, so I thought maybe I could put that guy to sleep or like put like tie him in place and leave. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, I failed that check and he attacked me. Uh, so then everybody within viewing distance of him also attacked me. Uh, and I was forced by like, imagine like a virus spreading through an entire area the farther out people would get a role for initiative and turn hostile, the people beyond them would then roll for initiative and turn hostile. So I was basically fighting a horde of the entire village because I opened up a box and I killed everybody. <laughs> I, I, the women, the children, I, I literally okay, killed them all. Uh, which is when, uh, Will was like, yes. you're a fucking terrible person. I'm leaving. And that was the first time I was like, oh, wow, this game has like consequences. This is cool. And then I met Carlac in the wild and she attacked me on site and I killed her thinking she was just like some NPC and then lost access to Carlac's story for the rest of the game, not knowing that she was a playable like party member. Um, from that point forward, there were just ripple effects through the entire world where everybody I fucking walked into had heard or had a friend or something involved in that village and was either very upset at me or was super on my side. Like they'd be like, Hey, hey you like the goblins were like, fuck. Yeah, man. Right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you're, you're, you're working for us. I'd be like, I'm not fucking working for you. And then all the goblins fucking attack you. Um, but I've managed to play whatever 40 or 50 hours of this specific playthrough. And I'm not complaining about the game when I talk about how insane it is that everybody everywhere, because also I don't know how you do that in a save file. I don't understand video game programming. Um, but it is only now that I am, you know, past like past significant parts of act two, I think that I'm finally encountering people who are like, don't have awareness of the Druid village and are just like engaging with me on their own terms. Yeah. When and does that is, start happening? Does that start happening to you in the underdark and the mountain pass? When are you starting to be like kind of no, past your. So, so the underdark, I, the, my first entrance into the underdark in act one was with some kind of thief 
some underground thief community. And they were upset yes, at right. me about a different box that I opened on the right. fucking road. Uh, that and happened to me all, on my first playthrough. I, I ended up have, having to kill all of them because yeah, yeah you have to kill it, all of them. It's a quest where they want a treasure chest ret- returned to them intact, and if you do do that, you get a substantial reward. Uh, my yeah. first playthrough, I had already opened the box, the treasure chest, when I found it, and then I found the thief community, um, and they were like, "You opened it. You've killed us all." And then they they attack you. Yeah. And yeah. uh, which I thought was was great. On the second time, knowing what was going to happen, I brought the the chest intact to them. Um, yeah. And played that way. So in the Underdark, like getting to the Underdark, all those thieves attack you. And then you, st- you, by the time I got to the mushroom people, they were not attacking me on site. They I, were just like, we're yeah. fucking mushroom people. And I was like, great. <laughs> I don't think they're capable of hating you. I, I, I love the mushroom I people. I love the myconids. It's it's also a thing where it's just like, oh, you are just completely alien. Like you it's yes, not it's yeah. it's like the mind flares of like, it's not that you don't ha- you are uh, immoral like or or have a different moral code. You just like you don't you don't understand the concept of morality. You function in a completely different way. And that's just like a, an interesting life form to interact with. Yeah. I thought By they the, were beautiful. I, I loved looking at them. They're, they're so beautiful. Interesting. Bioluminescence. No, the, the art direction of this game is amazing. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think the really game great. is looking at its best in in dark areas and yeah. where where it can really have some, you know, uh, 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 just like a dazzling palette and some great lighting effects. Um, and uh, yeah, I, that's one of the things. The Underdark is like, those like and the Shadowlands are like the two best looking parts of the game. I really like rotating your on-screen camera I really like the way the um, stuff dissolves when it gets in between you and your player characters. I know that's a very basic effect, but it's like it's almost like looking at a diorama that's made out of uh, opaque glass, because like if you view it from certain angles, it, it's, it's totally tangible. And if you rotate the map then or, or rotate your board, then it's it disappears. It's really and I know what I'm describing is so basic. It happens in so many games. I'm not stupid. Uh, I just think it's yeah. We're not gorgeous. Stupid. No, it's no, gorgeous. yeah. I'll just jump in there as well. Yeah, we're not <laughs> stupid. I'm stupid. Like I'm also <laughs> okay. We're. I'm stupid playing. Too. I'm playing. My. Th- I don't know what the absolute is because I, the player, don't have enough invested in being told about it. So like when people are like. Are you part of the absolute? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Whatever, man. <laughs> and I think I've been inconsistent on what I am siding with because I'm just mm. playing it literally conversation. But I'm like, do I like this guy? And if they're like, hey, we're from the absolute and that guy's cool. I'll be like, yes, me too. But if I'm with somebody and they're like anti-absolute, and they're they're cool. I'll be like, yeah, fuck the absolute. I don't, I don't like that guy. Fuck that. Um, but it's I I don't know. I love the game so much, and I love my weird tunnel compressed playthrough because it is so fun to role play it, and it is so satisfying when you run into people and they're like, I know what you did. <laughs> yeah. It, I, I have like a list of I, I had a list of like 14 quests I wanted to touch on and we've gotten to zero of them. Um, but I, I we're not we're not going to have time for these. I, I, I just accept. But I, I do want to touch on a couple. And also, I, I want the two of you to chime in if they, you have any favorite quests or favorite characters, uh, NPCs. And we can talk about that a little bit. One that I really locked into, uh, especially on my second playthrough uh, is Barkus Root. 
who is the gnome you first encounter who is uh, tied to a windmill and yeah. goblins are taunting him. Heather, I imagine you shot him with an arrow. Um, but <laughs> no, if you... no, no, I stopped the windmill. Okay, got got it. So Barkus Root has a has an amazing story and is a character that starts off kind of prickly and I'm kind of like, this asshole, I wish I hadn't saved him. Uh, or I watched some video really? where some people like, I watched a video where I guess you can you can do something with the windmill where I think if you stop it at a certain time and then restart it, uh, he flies off of the windmill and into oblivion <laughs> and then he just dies. <laughs> but he's he's being tormented by goblins. You can free him. If so, you just you keep encountering him throughout the game. Uh, and the next place you encounter him, and you've probably encountered this already, Heather, is uh, in the Underdark when he has been enslaved along with a lot of uh, fellow gnomes um, and forced to uh, uh, to work in the mine on behalf of the Dwergar. And it's oh. it, like if you keep following him and you keep like keeping keeping up with his character, he has such an arc to him. And this involves this other guy that he's got uh, this Wolbrin Bongle, uh, who is like this friend of his. I, uh, my reading of it is that he's in love with him. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what, what your your reading was, Matt. But like he has this guy that he really cares about who's also just like a dick to him. And so the the story throughout the way it evolves and the way you keep getting touched on with this character and also that every time you run into him, he has gotten himself into some bit of trouble is just like it's it's really entertaining. Um, and uh, and I think he's just like a really just an exceptionally well-written character. Is he in. Wait, is he one of the guys who's trying to clear like a rock slide yes that's that right yeah ah oh. he I killed him didn't dead. you yeah okay <laughs> i think he also might that, have accidentally died in mine in, as well i didn't uh, I, yeah i didn't attack him the rock slide was a pretty fraught um <laughs> situation for me if i'm being honest there was a lot uh a lot going on and then um there was like a poison as well, right? Like there was like a poison gas. Yeah. Yes. At yeah. one point I left and then I think I came back and then like the poison did what it did. And like a lot of people died in there. Um, I uh I did save the gnomes there because yep, that's a thing where you, you you can set you can either side with the gnomes or you can side with the captors, or actually I guess true soul nair, who is the guy who's trapped underneath there. Mm -hmm. Um and uh it, it, no. based on your choices, it's like they either all die or they're all liberated or everyone dies is another option. Uh, but again, it's like a thing where like, like depending on your choices, some of this stuff follows you all the way into act three and into the end he, game. Honestly, I saved those gnomes because the, the guy who like, I ran into a guy and he's like, boy, I hate that fucking eye that's following us around. And I was like, me too. I don't like that thing. And they're like, blow that up. And I was like, you got it. Like I went and blew it up and felt pretty good about myself. And then it was like, you have dialogue. And I was like, oh, I recognize that's the guy who wanted me to blow up that eyeball. I'm on yeah. his side. Right. And then I sided with him and freed the gnomes and it was great. But I think maybe that dude who you saved from the windmill, he may have died in, in that. Oh, wow. Scene, maybe. I mean, I didn't certainly didn't recognize him if he was talking to me. Um, Yeah. Wow. I Can like I say people... one of my favorite quests? Yes, please. I really like the lady in the Mushroom Kingdom who's looking for her husband. Yes. And her husband is just like downstairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like trapped in like a gas, like a horrible gas. And yeah. you can 
you can just throw him a scroll of Misty Step and he gets himself out. I couldn't fucking believe it. Yeah, right. Like, I have no idea what the, you know, as soon as he leaves and he's like, I gotta, I'm gonna go back to my wife. And I'm like, ah, then I could like light that whole gas area on fire, blow it up, and like go collect everything that was underneath the gas. That was so fun. I loved it. And then I went up and talked to both of them. I'm like, I don't care what your story is. You guys are, you guys suck. Uh, but generally, I like that the thing that you think you might be able to do, you can do in this game. For sure. And there's another thing, which is they're looking for the noble stock mushroom. That's the reason yeah. he put himself, he put himself yeah, in that sure. dangerous exploding fung fungus. That noble yep. stock mushroom, if you find it, which was like is like a difficult thing. And like I had to use like mage hand to like grab it. And I didn't do this on my first playthrough. I, I, I did it on my second playthrough. Uh, then you can give it to them. And then th those two characters reappear uh, in uh, their potion shop in act three in Baldur's Gate. And then they have like a new inventory. And it's, it's actually like a vital source of of end game supplies or late game supplies. And so like, like, you know, if you, but that's just like one element of that quest. You also can just rescue them and just get, just get the one reward. Anyway, if you talk to the two of them, their story is extremely dark, which is that he has, he has basically gone senile. He has lost his yep. mind yep. Um, and she <laughs> treats him like shit. And if you talk to her about it, you're like, Hey, maybe be nicer to him. You know, he's doing yeah. his best. She's like, he was an abusive monster. And yeah. I'm glad his brain is rotten because he can't abuse me anymore. And it's every part of it is just like so depressing. Um, but <laughs> the thing that you retrieve the noble stock mushroom um, has all sorts of uses. You can either give it to, you know, the potion shop owner and then she uh, she appears again in, in, in act three and has noble stock mushrooms in, in stock. Or you can apparently I looked this up. You can as a single use item, you can give it to Shadowheart and she will remember something that she's forgotten because her memory has been wiped clean. Yeah. Wow. Or you can give it to the abusive husband who's gone senile. His brain comes back and he goes, aha, <laughs> you're in for it now, woman. It's, it's he like, fucking like Jackie Gleason. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> Isn't that insane? That's oh, no. so crazy. <laughs> oh, I remember what I like doing. Yeah. How horrible. No. Uh, if it brings anybody any comfort, um, I accidentally blew him up in that field. <laughs> <laughs> and went back, because like, ah, oh, he's dead. And she's like, all right, oh, well. But but I that like just uh, that all those options exist just speaks to like yeah they're they're thinking from a design perspective I don't know how much this is coming from the the designer the top level designer how much is coming from uh you know iterating through QA and through early access but at a certain point they're like they're realizing the player will want to try this so we better include functionality in case they do yes and so we'll make this an option and we'll have some consequence to it. Two of mine, two of my favorite quests in the whole game were in Act Three, and maybe it's recency bias, and maybe, um, you know what though? I actually really liked um in Act Two, um, getting the meeting that big spider guy. Oh, the Drider, yeah. Meeting the big the Drider, and then I double crossed him. He led me through the. The what is it called? The um the, the Shadowlands. He he led me through the Shadowlands to a point when I until I met these other guys, the um like the archer type people. Um, the Harpers. The Harpers. Yeah. And I was like, okay, they seem good. I'm gonna guess that this spider guy is not on the up and up. <laughs> I'm double crossing this guy. 
uh, and then uh, attacked him with them and then got to meet the Harpers. And that's where then I encountered Jahira uh, at the at the last light in. I yeah. like that. That whole sequence was awesome. Was really, really great. Yeah, the last light in it, it is great. And uh, the but but it's it's interesting because my approach was different because I emerged from the underdark and so I came across the Harpers mm. first. Okay. And so the Drider was a thing where in my first playthrough I just discovered him and, and took him out and he has the 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 you know the moon lamp or whatever that that helps you uh, avoid the darkest parts of the challenge. Uh, but on my second playthrough, because I'd already been established at Last Light Inn, mm. they were like, hey, we're going on a mission to hunt this guy down. And then oh, so interesting. You, so you join up with some Harpers to go chase after him, and then you stake out a point, and you can ambush him, and you get an advantage on the combat encounter. Uh, also, apparently, that there's all sorts of lore involving what a Drider is and how they're kind of like exiled uh, drow men uh, yeah. that that have betrayed the spider god Lolth and have been transformed in this abomination. So, like, even there, it's like one of those things where, I, again, it's kind of a FromSoft thing where there's just like elements of rot to everything. Like, there's so much stuff yeah. where it's just like, well, even this guy, uh, you know, that this knight that I'm fighting on a bridge. Uh, is grieving his dead son. You know what I mean? It's like it's like there's always shit like that that you'll find in one of those games. It's the same sort of thing here. It's just like this guy who's like this evil spider yeah. guy actually has some sort of tragic backstory that's that's heavily implied by his nature. So you can get through. You can get to Act Two, uh, two ways. Yes, or there's maybe more ways, but there's two very specific ways. There's there's two ways, and yeah. th this this is a thing. Actually, you know, I I, I do wish the game. Uh, conveyed it a little bit better. I think it will. I I could expect this being a, a content update at a certain point, just to clarify exactly what's happening. But Halson, the the druid, tells you you have a choice of two ways to get to the Underdark: yes. either the Mountain Pass, uh, or I'm sorry, to get to the Shadowlands, either the Mountain Pass or the Underdark. And he pushes you to go towards the Underdark. And it feels like oh, okay, I'm just making a choice. I do one or the other, and I didn't realize that no, you can go back and do the other one after you get to the Shadowlands. So this is what I did. Yeah. Be well, oh. I, well, I basically got as far as I could in the Underdark. Yeah. Without getting to the Shadowlands, because I think there was something there was something going on where I was like confused about where I was supposed to go it, next. It feels like you're about yeah. to hit a point of no return. Yes. And but so you're not. I left, and it went through the mountain pass. So I like got the entire experience of uh, the Underdark, basically, uh, and then went. I the reason I was avoiding the 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 mountain pass was there was that big fight like right outside of it, basically that I was like un I felt under leveled for and like just kept getting smoked. Uh, the Gith Yankee so with the dragon. Yes, and so yeah. I went back. I went. I was like, okay, I'm not doing that. I'm gonna go to the Underdark. And then got to the point in the Underdark where I was like, I don't know where I'm really supposed to go. Went back to the mountain pass and then just continued through there after until I was like a little more like either like one level higher or I just knew better about what I was doing, basically. Um, so I got to I got to do both. But all that to say, there's two one that we talked about over text that I think maybe we'll talk about a little later. Uh a quest later on in Act Three that I was like, this is like the most fun I've ever had in a game. Like, yes. I, I loved it. Wait, I I, I yeah. want to go back to this because you're just talking yeah. about the mountain pass there, and that is where you know the Githyanki crashes, and that's like a huge uh, Lazel thing. And Heather, I know you just you had played through that pretty recently. Um, we could talk about that as well. But but remind us why Lazel is not present in your party. So, okay. So so Lazel, in uh in my playthrough. In my on the on the jump, and I don't know if it's because it was like a new thing 
or I just didn't like her attitude. I had beef with Lazelle from the jump, like just immediately. Right. Uh, I don't know if it was that maybe I picked an answer that she didn't like and then we started beefing, but we basically got through the um, like the prologue of the game, basically the first thing you have to do, um, and then and then split ways. She was like, "I'm done," like you know. I, then it was me and Shadowheart from then on, because then you get Shadowheart after you after that thing crashes. I couldn't figure out how to get her out of the pod before before it crashed, and she was not happy that I didn't get her out, but she did stick with me. Yes, um, and and then, I, I critically failed on uh, on that on my second playthrough. Yeah. And it was, I I seriously thought I was like knowing the game, I was like, is Shadowheart just going to die on this ship? Yeah, in the prologue, but but no, she recovers on her own, and so which would be such a fascinating choice because yeah. <laughs> of how important she is in the game, right? Um, but so Lazelle leaves. It's me and Shadowheart. I find Asterian right away. I find Gale pretty quickly as well. Then it's just the four of us. We uh, then at the mountain pass, uh, uh, where uh, where the uh, Githyaki Gish and uh, the uh, the is that what it's called? I can't believe how wrong you said that. Githyanki <laughs> Crash. <laughs> See, okay, well, so this is the thing. This is the thing that you have to understand. They were basically not in my game at all. Yes. Like, because because of uh, Lazelle not being in the game, uh, I basically didn't experience them at all. And every time they would come up, I would just be like, well, I don't even know you or what your guys' whole deal is. I'm working with this other stuff. Back the fuck off. And at a certain point, they were basically almost all dead until the very end. Um, where, um, I feel like I can't say what happens yet. Um, right, but but yeah, yeah, you, you can hold off on that. Yeah. But but what you're saying is that you basically had a, you played through the game without really the Kithyanki having a presence. It's there was like, an entire race of people that I ignored completely, which is horrible. It's like saying I had I I had a playthrough of Star Trek with no Vulcans. Yes. it's like yeah, it's like wait, this huge <laughs> thing you missed out on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was so crazy. Uh, I just I, I just didn't because she died in. Uh, in that encounter. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I guess she's just dead. And I didn't know that um, maybe based on her attitude, I was like, okay, well, I don't actually care this bad. But then I found out, I guess I should have known based on the cover art that she's pretty involved. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I just ignored her and I was like, okay, whatever. And then I just, I just also didn't know really about like reloading saves and things like that. But like, that's the whole thing. That's a. That's what makes it a, you know, an interesting, compelling role playing game. Is that like there are some choices that you you can undo if you want. If you want to sort of reload a save and re engage an encounter, I know that I saved Gale several times from a bat a death battle. You know where he died. Right. Gale probably died the most for me for some reason. Um. Uh, did you did you play it out after Gale dies? As soon as a party member would die in a battle, I would reload the battle. Oh, because you can, yeah. yeah, you can resurrect them well, if they die. Yes, uh, there are sometimes where I didn't have the uh, uh, the scroll. Uh, where I, like, but then uh, late, you can, you, but you can talk you can to talk withers. To the skeleton. Yeah. Oh, the that would have saved me a, lot of, a yeah. lot of time. But but uh, but anyway, I was gonna say the, the also I, basically ignored anybody ugly. I was like, I'm out of here. This is crazy. Oh man, you gotta talk to withers. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Withers is my guy. Uh, the the I think what both of you the b way both of you played this is the way that 
someone should play the game. Mm-hmm. I actually I applaud both of you just committing to your uh, insane playthroughs <laughs> because it's it's a it's awesome that you didn't reload it and you're just like oh I'm just gonna live yeah. with these consequences and see what's what's going on. I think that's the most fun way to experience this game. Yes. There's a temptation to be like I failed this role. Let me let me reload it. I don't think I, I would not advise anyone to do that. Devil Lady is on the cover Carla. art, but but she's so far in the background Carla. and she's like kind of talking to like Win I think. So I just thought she Will. was like, whatever. That I, <laughs> You're talking about Matt's best friend that you just killed with a poleaxe on sight. No, she attacked me. I didn't oh, she kill. attacked you. Sorry, you had no choice. Yeah, I get it. I she think she t- like attacked no, me too, but we like sorted she it out. opens up. Like, I, I didn't even, I thought she was like just some monster on the road. Like, she's just like, some I'm going to have your head. Listen to yourself. But Horrible. she's so far in the background of the of the cover art that I didn't have the Lazelle experience that Matt did. It wasn't until I talked to you guys that I even realized she was a character. Like, and you were like, "That's Carlac," and I was like, "What?" Yeah. Like, that's the thing is- that's incredible. The game yeah. is. It's not. Look, it's not my favorite game, but it is such a masterpiece that it's kind of astonishing. That that's 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 my big thing here. It's just like the my, my it's it's astonishing that this exists and functions. The thing about Carlac that I really need you to understand, Heather. Yeah. She Did you would fuck be your her? favorite character. She would ah. Uh, that's what I, yeah, I could see Heather getting a Carlac tattoo after a second playthrough. I play could through. see Heather getting the Carlac haircut. I could see all of it. <laughs> Look, I I thought I, I was going to go through this game her, no. with Shadowheart being my favorite because, you know, she's pretty and she seems sad and you kind of want to, like, help her out. Sure. But the it's farther mean, into the game like. I've gotten, what? <laughs> she's also mean, which I like. Didn't have to repeat it. She's mean? What. Yeah. What are you talking? When does Shadowheart she, mean? She's, she's so She's a little stern. She's sort yeah, of she's like a, little, a yeah. she's very quick to tell you, I didn't like what? that. Yeah. yeah. She's so sweet. Uh, is that are you guys doing a bit no 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 well she's, she's just like constantly like i hate we've to be agreeing really with nick nice... in this moment but <laughs> every time it... i talk to her she's like we've had really nice times and at first i didn't believe in you but boy oh boy you really made my life special like that's Try doing something she doesn't like uh, yeah yeah, yeah she, once she disapproves it really uh really cuts oh. like a knife <laughs> yeah yeah well... it's uh no she's like I, I i worship this thing and i'm like okay good for you and she's when like you're really? able to Ask her about her religion. See how that goes. <laughs> I did. I totally did. And she told me about it. And I was like, that's fine. And she's like, really? And she's been nothing but sweet. And then once I find like, if I find like a dark, just just a carved armor or something, I give it to her. Yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, you you saw this and you thought of me. This is great. I love it. Like, I gave her a fucking statue. And she's like, oh, this is this is my girl. I love this girl. And I'm like, good. Go have your fucking. She's great. She's so sweet. But. She's sweet. What I was going to say is that I thought I thought she was going to be my favorite. But the farther and farther into the game I get, the more I like Lazelle and the more I'm like, fucking Lazelle is so good. She's so straightforward. And when she starts like having emotional turns, you're like, oh, man, I'm going to fuck people up on behalf of Lazelle. Like as soon as I see who's responsible for the pain that this woman is in, I'm going to I'm going to lay waste to those people. Whereas Asterion's been pretty straightforward about like, ah, oh, vampire made me, he's mean. And I'm like, ah, well, 
We'll see how we play that when we get to it. But Lazelle has been like, I'm hurt. And I'm like, I got you, girl. Fucking got you. I think all the character quests have really satisfying resolutions. I, and, and, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, Will kind of gets, I feel like, uh, backburnered in the conversations just because there's just so many characters. But I think ultimately where his story goes is like, so engaging really and, and so well executed in the and in, in the back stretch of it. But Lazel is my favorite. Lazel very much became my favorite NPC. And also I would say I think the most useful party member just is an absolute force on the battlefield. The battlemaster fighter is just such a strong subclass. And I was especially feeling that in Tactician where uh you know three attacks at max level uh, plus the ability that lets you get a an extra uh, move on that 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 are that's unique to fighters. I'm forgetting the name of it right now. Uh, action surge or something. Uh, that that combination, like I was taking out Act Three bosses in one turn wow. with a with a buff sh- wow. with a buff Lazelle. Uh, and so it's just it's she she is she is such a potent force, but also just like an unflappable moral code, which is so interesting to have in a character of just like, this is what I believe and these are my principles and these are what I live and die by. And I I'm your ally only up to the point where you make me betray, uh, you know, uh, my nature and my core beliefs. And isn't that the way of the Githyanki? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Heather's going to have a Carlac uh, a haircut and Matt is going to have a, a Lazelle t-shirt in like a month. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. Really, okay, so I'm going to play through it through and you know what? It's, it's, it's correct. Uh, not, not enough talk of the uh, of the Emperor, but there's lots to talk about. There, there, is, there is so much to talk about. Just, just to touch one thing on the Emperor. I, I, think we, I think we should all give our thoughts on the Emperor. I know we're approaching the two-hour mark. I know people have things to do. And also, uh, you know, this, this, this studio is not ours indefinitely. Yeah. Wait, I don't know the Emperor. So we'll save our thoughts on the Emperor. Okay. Yeah. So then I, I fucked get... the Emperor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll follow up on that later. <laughs> Definitely a character my, my thoughts changed on across the different playthroughs. I, I think we should just wrap this up with any with any final thoughts. It's a, it's just impossible to touch on on anything. And then and then Matt and I will go into a little spoiler country special edition after we hear everybody else uh, after we do the Ryu crew. Uh, but but any other thoughts on this game? Any other things we want to touch on? I love the I love the the menu screen or the screen that pops up when you're rolling the dice and I love the sound of that dice roll. They absolutely nailed that. I love it. Absolutely nailed the dice. I love it. I love that. So satisfying. Um I you know this is a game I don't play a lot of games a second time unless it's Kingdom Hearts 2. Um <laughs> Uh but I could I I did immediately I started I started a bard uh character uh oh, yeah. as a second as a second playthrough and i think i i think i'm going to stick with that now knowing that uh he's pretty tough actually but um and i'm going to do my best to keep lazel in the party cuz i i i want to experience i want to experience the things i didn't get to experience there's like other characters that we haven't talked about that i didn't even get to really interact with we barely touched on Astarian, who i you know i saw his character quests through to the end in both my playthroughs but like i didn't really use as a character because no. i didn't really have a need for him and i'm like on my next playthrough i'm just gonna have a starian in my party the entire time i'm yes. just gonna commit to that to just get get all of his uh dialogue because i liked his um i did 
I did all the character quests for the characters that remained alive yeah. and uh, that I didn't accidentally kill. Um, there was, there was, um, or you know, Halzen left the left my party, left my uh, camp at a certain point, and there's a Drow woman character. Uh, oh, you recruited Minthara. Yeah. I, well, I didn't. I killed her. Oh, okay. Uh, I, 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 there was a, a battle where I think. Either she died or I killed her. Because oh, so at a certain point, I had her gear. I'm sorry, different drow woman, an NPC. Uh, no, no, Minthara. I, I, I had her gear. Yeah, but you mentioned a drow woman. I'm sorry. Oh, I thought that's who that was. Is she not a drow? We're we're saying the same thing and not realizing we're saying the same thing. This is my fault. I apologize. <laughs> Should not have interrupted. Who is on first? What is on second? And I don't know who's on third. Um, <laughs> Do you think if somebody saw that for the first time today, they'd be like, this is fucking funny. This is good. Aren't you? you you're waiting for an Abbott and Costello clip to resurface on TikTok and a bunch of like 17 year olds are like, this is the best shit I've ever seen. I'm actually, you know what? Should I go home and make that? Yes. <laughs> and like, just one of those one of those TikToks where I'm in the front of it and then I kind of step away and I'm just like pointing at it like, this is fucking good. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Maybe I will do it. That's really funny. Point of follow up where you're like, good. whoa, Abbott and Costello met Frankenstein. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was a fucking movie. Yeah. And actually, they established the big guy, little guy thing. There's, yeah, I didn't get to, there's like three like major characters uh, that I didn't get to um, get to really interact with that I'd love to, love to learn more about in another playthrough. And there's like a, I know that there is a, a there's a complete area that I didn't see um, that I think we talked about months ago with like there's like water people, I didn't see them at all. I'm, I'm having trouble. Oh, I, I think I know what you're talking about. Yes, uh, I didn't get to them. Uh, by the time I got to them in Act Three, uh, I guess a lot had happened on their end, and um, I I like there's like an area. I mean, we'll talk about it. Uh, yeah, it's not too crazy. But then there's also another thing I think that you can see in Act Three that I did not see. Um, but because I guess I would just be like, with, cer with certain side quests, I would do or I'd start them. Or in the case of like those, uh, that little goblin guy, if there was, if it didn't seem like it was worth my time from staying away from the story, I'd be like, well, I'm not, I'm not gonna do that. But I, now I know later on, having played a hundred hours of it or whatever, that everything, everything in the game is worth doing. No, I kind of played the my first playthrough. I kind of played like you were you're playing yeah. now, and and it was the same sort of thing of just like I was like I you know I'm gonna abandon some side quests. Yeah, uh, I'm not this. I'm not gonna follow up on a Meluom's potion or whatever like that. Not realizing uh, that all these things have consequences that can last all the way through to the end of the game. Yes, and which is again just another amazing aspect. Um, Heather, any any final thoughts? I I love the way that I am seeing this game because when I get to play it again it's going to feel like DLC. It's going to be like, what if the Druid village lived? Like, like I'm going to get to see so much content in a different way that I, I really feel like the playthroughs are going to be so radically separate that it will feel like a new version of this game that I already love. And that is something so remarkable, so upstanding about Baldur's Gate. I'm. I don't know. It's. Then again, Final Fantasy VII Part Two is coming out in a week, so maybe none of this will happen, and I'll never. <laughs> <see> <laughs> it's so funny to call both of these things role playing games because 
you don't choose hardly anything in Final Fantasy games. Like, you don't choose, nothing of consequence is on your shoulders. They're all things that you're propelled through. The world, like, the world propels you through these circumstances and this story, and you're there to read it and to enjoy it, but you're not affecting it. Like, Sephiroth is never going to be a good guy. Whereas I feel like in Baldur's Gate, you can be like ally to trolls and like goblins and shit. And they'll, they'll be like, uh, like you, I got some object from some dude and he's like, blow this horn, like some dude in the goblin camp really early on. And he was like, blow this horn and, and I'll come to your aid no matter where you are. And I was like, wow, cool. And I forgot about it. And then much later in the game was in a like a combat scenario, I think at the Gith Yankee crash, and I blew the horn, and those dudes showed up. Yeah, and I was like, "Wow, that's awesome!" And I'm pretty sure they're bad guys because I think you can attack them when you enter the goblin camp. Like, what a what mm. a, a, a remarkable experience it is! It's so good. It's so good. That's my final thought. It's really fucking good game. Uh, those ogres, yeah, they're they're great, and it's a great that you can either talk them into or bribe them into being your ally. That you summon them with a horn. I will say uh, when I did that in my first playthrough with some of them with the horn, um, where I was also had NPCs and they started just like attacking NPCs as well. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> like, uh -oh. I didn't realize they're going to be so indiscriminate, but yeah, their, their, their moral code is just like, I kill things and I get to eat them. That's great. Um, I, I will reiterate that this is just an incredible piece of narrative art, and I'd, I'd remain astonished that it even exists. Uh, the writing, which if we if I haven't made it clear enough, I just find to be incredible, both in quantity and quality. And I feel this is one of the best video games ever made and my favorite game of all time because it plays to the unique strength of the medium, interactivity and consequential player driven decisions. And this will sound trite at this point after we've all said this in, in, in different ways, but like you can miss things, you can miss major mm -hmm, things yeah. and accepting yep. that that's a big part of the experience. And that's a big part of what makes it, uh, you know, uh, so incredible and so uh, unique among among AAA games. It's also just an approach to game design that I really like, which is which is, look, I love a AAA game. That's a sequence of gameplay. Uh, interrupted by a, a cutscene that advances the story. I'm very into that approach. I, I love a, I love a game that's presented that way. You complete the level uh, to earn the movie. But this game is not that. This game, like the the cutscenes, remain interactive. You retain your agency as a player all the way uh, all the way throughout. And I, I, again, it's it's a big part of what makes it feel so specifically like a game and not like you know something that could be so easily translated into a prestige TV series or, or a movie or something like that. If that, if that makes sense, like, yeah. it's, it, like, like in terms of adapting this, it's like the persona five, the anime problem of like the player character, the protagonist does not have a clear identity. So you just have to make that choice and make that decision. And that completely alters what this thing is saying. Yeah. So it, 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 this is in its best form is as this game. Um, and I, I just, I can't do it justice verbally. Uh, because uh, you'd have to you'd have to do the Baldur's Gate three of podcast episodes, and I'm just unfortunately not capable of doing that. But th this is a, this is an incredible game. Well, well, here we go. Hey, those were our thoughts, at least some of them. Uh, Matt and I will be 
back in the back end for a special spoiler country epilogue where we'll talk about act three and the end game. But right now it's time for the you play of our we play you play. It's your review crew, the Ryu crew. Hello, Ken. I thought for sure you were queuing up. Maybe we were wrong because you went, well, those were our thoughts. But I was like, oh, man, are we going to read negative reviews of Baldur's Gate? <laughs> it's turn based. Blank. It beats Spider-Man. Blank. Shut up. Um, all right. This first one is from Moldy Bread on our Discord. Discord.gg slash get played. And Moldy Bread writes. Fuck around and fight out simulator 2023. 10 out of 10, 108 hours played and haven't made it out of act two. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, fuck, around, fuck around and find out is absolutely a good way to think of it. 100%. Uh, Puff and Stuff writes, I bought a nice dagger for Asterion, went into battle, then immediately had it disarmed and thrown into a chasm never to be seen again. 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Total Chaos writes, as someone who played the originals, this was a trip back to what I loved when I was 14. Also, I learned that I'm still a safe scumming piece of shit. 11 out of 10. I, I, can I, I, just, yeah. I just want to comment on this because I don't think I said it at any yeah. point in this episode. I did play Baldur's Gate 1 and 2. Uh, I never finished either of those games, but I put a lot of hours into them. Um, and I, I, I do absolutely feel like this is like this is the natural evolution. This is the, uh, this feels very much like those games that I remember. And, you know, Planescape Torment, I've listed as one of my favorite games of all time. Also another Infinity Engine game uh, derived from the, the bio, the, the, the spiritual ancestors, the uh, Bioware, uh, Baldur's Gate originals. And uh, yeah, I, I, this absolutely does justice to all those. I have Baldur's Gate 2 and Divinity Original Sin 2 on Steam. Yeah. And they're both playable in my Steam deck. I wonder if it'd be worth It'd be probably more worth booting up Divinity Original Sin 2 than it would uh, Baldur's Gate 2 at this point. That's but, the more, yeah. that's the much more modern game. I'd be curious. I've, I've thought about returning to, to at least Baldur's Gate 2 after playing through this and, and maybe trying to finally make my way all the way through it. Um, it's a, it, you know, it's an awesome game. Uh, and uh, Total Chaos, you're not a safe scumming piece of shit. Play how you like to play. Do what you there gotta you go. do. Um, this next one's from Oddbod. An odd bod writes, 160 hours to finish, and I didn't even need most of the allies I gathered along the way because I just had Gale do his thing to the... I will uh, redact that part. <laughs> um, I'll give it six months more for patches and then play again. Nine out of ten, minus one for bugs and weirdness, even after multiple big patches. Hey, that's fair. Definitely buggy. I After this latest patch... It crashed on me twice. I got some crashes in the uh, in the trading the revamp trading screen, which looks better. Mm -hmm. uh, but I did get some crashes there. Yeah, after uh, the update, I finished a quest and the object just didn't appear in my inventory and had to do the entire quest again, which was like yeah. uh, up until then had never occurred to or happened to me. I, I think like that this is that those sorts of things are just baked into having something so complex and ambitious. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it, but it, it's absolutely an issue, and it's it's going to ruin some people's experience. Um, this next one is from Laffenstein, and Laffenstein writes: BG three is a masterpiece. Having never played the TTRPG or video game predecessors, it managed to pull me in after getting accustomed to its mechanics. The more time I spend playing it, the more I realize there is to uncover. Five hundred hours and seven playthroughs, I see new content every time. If wow. Lazel ever let me break up with her, I could even see new romances one day. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
What a he- what a hero! That's that's who I aspire to be. Yeah, that's Someday absolute Chad shit. That's incredible. Um, this next one is from Unagi Roll, and they write: the game has everything you could possibly want: horny wizards, horny Githyanki warriors, horny tieflings, horny doppelgangers, a horny angel, lots of horny devils, and also a miniature giant space hamster. <laughs> We didn't talk about Minsk at all. That's no. Act Three, Act Three, but Minsk another Baldur's Gate, uh, a, a previous Baldur's Gate character. Um, Baldur's Gate character. This next one is from Idoko eighteen. One of my favorite games of all time. Completed it six times, including Honor Mode, and it still surprises me. My favorite part is either when you can meet the fish people, the Kuatoa in the Underdark, or oh, going yeah. to the going to the circus in Act Three. I didn't go to the circus. Matt, you missed the circus? I missed the circus. You I didn't might know want to circle back to the circus. Uh, I didn't know that the White House was in the game. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Emma didn't applaud that time because uh, she fell asleep. No, uh, Emma is understandably doing something more important. Uh, <laughs> uh, this, uh, also, Minthara is the best companion, and I'd do anything for her. 10 out of 10, masterpiece. And then there's an emoji of a. A natural 20. Oh, I love that. Uh, and finally, this next one, this last one is from Kiro Seta. And, and they write, I played the game with a group of friends when it first came out in early access two years ago. We had a blast with it, even though it was buggy as hell. Then when it came out in full release, I jumped back on it and played a single player. I got to the near end of Act 1 and was really enjoying it. I'd say, as someone who's been playing D&D on and off for about 25 years, is the closest any game has come to ever feeling like actual D and D. It's it, it's like someone took Planescape Torment, spent millions of dollars remaking it, and tossed it through a five E upgrade. Ten out of ten RPG of the year, hands down. What a great comment to go out on. Uh, hey, yeah. that's this week's get played. Our producers Rochelle Chen, Yard underscore underscore Sard on social media. Our music by Ben is by Ben Prunty. BenPruntyMusic.com. Our art is by Duck Brigade Design. DuckBrigade.com. Also, check out our paywalled show, Get Animated. Matt, what's this week? We're watching the finale of Pluto, episode eight of Pluto, just a couple days after you hear this to the Patreon, patreon.com slash getplayed. And then we'll be moving on to the next series, TBD. We don't know what we're watching yet. We'll, we'll announce that on the upcoming episode of Get Animated, and we'll announce it next week on Get Played. Uh, available along with our entire pre-headgum back catalog of Get Played episodes only at patreon.com slash getplayed. Uh, and Jemmy... If I did have that potion of animal speaking, I would give this to you, the dog asleep in the office, and hear your thoughts on Baldur's Gate 3. But unfortunately, that does not exist in our reality. It's only in Faerun. So, Jemmy, I hate to do this. You got played. I'm not okay with that. Hey, buddy, it's Weiger. I am here with Matt. So we are going to talk about the end game of Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, We're about to head into spoiler country. So if you don't want this spoiled, now is your time uh, to exit the freeway um, and uh, resume your life. And we're going to play... That's a natural way to say that. Yeah, get back to your life, why don't you? <laughs> uh, we are going to uh, we are going to play a, a few seconds of Bard Dance by Borislav Slavov from the soundtrack, and after that happens, then we will be full on in spoiler country. So you've been warned.
All right, yeehaw, we are back here in spoiler country. Yeehaw. You, Matt, I, you'll find this out as playing a bard, but, you know, bard dance is one of the songs that, that you can play as a troubadour. If you come across another bard playing a song, you can join in with them and duet playing a song. This game rules. It rocks. That's so good. It's so good. There was a, um, I know we're in Act 3, I don't want to jump straight to the end game. Yeah. But there's a, um, I guess it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, when you get to the camp at the end game where you're like reuniting with everybody at the end of the, the epilogue, at yeah. the end the, the epilogue, there's this like different bard there that's like playing a music and you can go up to him and talk to him. And my Tav was like, who the fuck are you? What are you even doing here? <laughs> and I, he was like, oh, I was just like famous. I'm like a famous guy. I'm like a famous musician. And then, uh, you know, I couldn't pretend to know that. So I, I just picked the option that was like, oh, that's good. Good for you. That's nice. Thanks for being here. Wow. I mean, it's, it's an honor for you to be here. I, so I didn't talk to him on my, the first time through the game. And mm -hmm. this time I was like, I talked to him as another thing. He's like, oh, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. And I don't know the character. I mean, I wonder if it's like a little bit of an Easter egg, if this is a character that's like established in in D&D lore, like a Volo, yeah. uh, you know, who's like, oh, this 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 character has some sort of history. And and if you know who they are, you get you get that little extra thing. But it's just like one of those things. So just like they didn't you didn't have to be able to talk to the bard at camp who was giving background music yeah. for your reunion party. Um, and they also didn't have to give him a backstory. No, no, <laughs> it was such a it. funny. Yeah. Like he was so offended that yeah. I asked who he was, and I was like, "That's this. This is just a all like to the to till the end of the game." Yes, I, it was just like full of surprises and fun. So Act Three, you're in the city of Baldur's Gate. Yes, Act Three is huge, and uh, you know, as much as I love the game, I can uh, admit that this that it feels a little bit bloated at this point. There's just yes. so much to do. It is so sprawling. And I think also the end game is kind of, you know, emblematic of that. It's just like another thing of like, it just kind of keeps going and going um, uh, that final fight. And it's maybe a little bit overscoped, but still, it's all just like amazing that it's all there. And so many of the quests in Act 3, I really loved. I mean, I, I referenced it up top, but Dribbles the Clown uh, retrieving mm -hmm. his body parts is just like, it's so grim, but also the, you, so you, this is the thing you missed because you didn't encounter the circus. I missed that, but I like found body parts like yeah, throughout so, the game. So you're just finding body parts and not knowing that they're part of a clown. And just like having them in my inventory the entire, like I just like, I was very bad about um, like discarding things that I thought I didn't need anymore yeah. because there was a very real um, panic that I had in the end game, which was that I thought for some reason I didn't have um, Ketherick's um, Netherstone. Yeah. And because I hadn't seen it in so long that I was like, did I like sell this or like toss it or something? Because like, I don't know if it's a, will the game let you toss it? I think you need it. Like, uh, the most recent patch added a thing where quest critical items, if you leave them at your camp and you're in like a certain, you know, part of the game, you can retrieve them. I mm -hmm. believe that is a thing that's in patch six. But yes, prior to that, you could get stranded. And in fact, I had to replay, you know, that first part of the end game. So you go, you go into the, um, uh, you go into the, what's it called? The, it's not the mythic pool. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. But I know what you're talking about, uh, you go into that under that underground area and, uh, uh near where Oren's lair is. And you progress through that whole thing, and it's like an hour of gameplay, yeah. and you have the the, in, the encounter with a nether brain, uh, and then you get transported to uh, inside the astral prism. Yes. And if you're doing my playthrough, uh, my style of playthrough, uh, the, the way I did it, uh, which you didn't do, because I like I went through all the Githyanki quests, I went through all the Lazel quests, 
part of what you do is you go to the hells to retrieve the Orphic hammer, and then you use the Orphic hammer to liberate Orpheus. Yes. <clears throat> I had forgotten to bring the, Orf the Or the Orphic hammer with me, mm. and so I had to reload from before uh, that first part of the encounter. Yeah. Because you can't go back to your camp at that point. Like, and you couldn't go back to your camp at any of my saves up to that, so I just had to replay all of it. Now they've included a thing where that you you can, I guess, retrieve those items. I was really morally um, confused by that, the quest to yes. get with the hammer, um, because you're making a deal with the devil, and I did do this. Um, I, like, talked to him. First of all, you're meeting at this brothel, and I'm like, what am I going to do, not explore? See what's going on Charisse's here. caress. Yeah, yeah, of yes. course. Yeah, I gotta see what's going on. Yeah. Um, and uh, exercised every option that I had until they were like, "Go be free! <laughs> <laughs> Don't come back here." <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I, I was, you know, I met with uh with uh Raphael, right? Is yeah. his name, and he's the devil in this, you know, a devil in this game, and he's giving me, you know, a very devilish uh option. You can have this. You get. You gotta get the. I'll give you this hammer. You go take this. Free Orpheus. But that crown is like mine. Basically, is like his his thing. And I'm like, I don't want to help this guy. He's like helping me a little bit right now. But no. And then, but I, I what I did was I saved out outside of it before I went to go talk to him again, so I could reload it in case I didn't like yes what happened. And I said yes, and my entire party was like. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> we just signed a deal with the devil, right? And I was like, no, I didn't. And I like reloaded my save because I was like, I'm not gonna make anybody mad. But then the, it seemed like the quest, when there's a quest marker there, that's something to go back to. Like that's something you sort of like, not necessarily like implicitly have to do. But that one wasn't going away, right? It kind of wants you to go down to the hells. I didn't get. I don't think I got down to the hells. It sounds like. Um, yeah, I and and I think you'll uh, probably if you do a, a, a subsequent playthrough uh, all the way through, like that will be a thing you want to explore because it is an awesome area yeah. and there is it, it does have like really you know pivotal story importance. Because yeah, I don't know you can, you do have the option of of making the deal with Raphael uh, in exchange. He wants the crown of Carses. I actually have not investigated what happens if you get to the end game. You've made that deal and you haven't undone it, mm -hmm. and you just have to hand him the crown. I guess. Yeah. Uh, but and I don't know what what ex how what the ramifications are, but I can't imagine it's it's a positive thing. Because as it stands, where you where we where I sort of branched off to start this conversation. Yeah. You get to the 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 what is it called the realm the um you get inside to, the astral prism is in, that in, about? in the astral prism yeah, within Orpheus, the artifact where Orpheus is locked up. Can we just talk about how great that reveal is? Unbelievable! The, what the astral prism actually is? It's like, really really good. Or, or the artifact as you know it at first. Yeah, because it's like I thought this was just going to be a MacGuffin. This will be like a J.J. Abrams style mystery box and whatever. It's just an artifact. But then you actually learn what it is, and you actually learn it's like some Men in Black shit. Yes. that it contains, it contains a universe within. It's really cool. Also, let's talk. I mean, this is a good, a good time to talk about the Emperor, right? Because the Emperor is also there in yes. this option. So the emperor, the the uh, you know, at first you encounter the emperor as the dream visitor, who is just like this figure who is coming to you at night uh, while you're sleeping, uh, and is is a based off of a design that you create. I guess the implication being like this is a thing that was the emperor created to appeal to you. Yes, uh, and 
And so then eventually reveals themselves to be a mind a mind flayer, yes. a mind flayer in disguise. The emperor who has an incredibly interesting story and a bunch of interactions, a bunch of choices you can make. My first time through the game, I did abs like I was just like completely with the emperor. I was like, you know what, this guy. I think maybe what this game is trying to say is that hey, the mind flayers aren't so bad after all. And hey, you're turning into a mind flayer. You know what? That's maybe okay. Maybe we we've been too quick to judge. I thought I was maybe making some sort of comment like that, and that the the emperor was just a figure of good. Uh, and then obviously, as it progresses. Uh, you start to get a sense that, oh, wait, no, maybe th there's something else going on here. He is kind of like a neutral evil figure. I don't know. I don't know exactly. I, I, I can't claim to know enough about uh, the, the granularity of different alignments to particularly sign him. But he is a guy who like acts only in his own interests, purely the, as utilitarian calculus. And on my second playthrough, I really felt that because on my mm -hmm. second playthrough, I kept pushing back on him. And for instance, there is a moment where you can fuck the mind flayer. You I can fuck the this. emperor. Yeah. I did that on my first playthrough, too. Uh, everyone is disgusted. Everybody um, was really mad. Everybody was really so mad at me yeah. every time I would stray from my shadow heart. You also uh, like smell bad, which is the thing. Yeah, it's, like, it's, yeah. like, it's like a stench that follows you. So anyway, so the second time I rejected him. And what's amazing if you reject him, especially having been like romanced by him for the first time and you have this experience and the game tells you it's the greatest experience of your entire life. Yeah. Like it's just, you are you are at one in in uh in, in complete psychic yeah. unity uh, in the sexual me. encounter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I slept with a squid. That was yeah. a, that was my highlight. I loved it. Um this the my second playthrough when I reject him, he immediately is like, Yes, that's good. You pass the test or whatever. Like he's just kind of like, or is just like, yes, it's probably good not to not to mix uh, work and pleasure. Just completely moves on, and your character has a moment of like, you're affected by how how immediately he shifted, and I it, it just really hammered home like, oh, this is all pure manipulation. This guy is doing everything he can to try to to just get you to uh, accomplish what he wants to accomplish, mm -hmm. uh, which is for him to. Uh, you know, uh, him to 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 uh, eat uh, Orpheus's brain and then to claim the power of the nether brain. So I think throughout the game, I don't know if I made like morally consistent choices. Yeah, because. With with this, with this, without with with me not doing the quest to get the the Orphic hammer. Yes. I'm confronted with, and I've spent a lot of time with the emperor. So, like, I'm sort of like, I guess this guy's like my friend. He told me that he, <laughs> he like revealed a, that he wasn't who he said he was. I guess I can trust him now, yeah. right? And then I did that side quest where there's like the undead dragon answer, and uh, you then learn that the emperor is is Baldurin, uh, the um. Yes, the when when you of, find yeah, with, yeah, and this is answer. There is the undead dragon. Yes. again, this is stuff you can completely ignore. This a is completely, completely optional. Yeah, because also the way to get into his lair, well, I had to look it up because I was like, I don't know how to get past this fucking wall. Yeah, uh, and then you have to use like a thunder spell on two um, candelabras, and then it's like, there you go. Now you can go in. I was like, how in? A, I mean, I guess if I read the the things like you know the tomes and things like that or that, pay more attention to that it that's the tells thing you. and i think that's maybe part of why my playthrough even my first playthrough took like 15 hours more than you yeah. is like i cannot resist reading every single book in uh -huh. its entirety and there is a book that has like that that spells out how that mm -hmm. works but then also 
uh, if you, in terms of how you sequence it, if you rescue uh, Will's father, uh, uh, Duke Ravenguard, right? Yes. That's the name. Yeah. You rescue Duke Ravenguard from the submarine. Um, man, this this game yeah. sounds like nonsense. If you've not played, <laughs> I came down to the hells to do two things. <laughs> I can and, confirm it sounds like nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> you rescue if you rescue him from the submarine. He gives you more context, and I think he also yeah. tells you partly how you're supposed to discover. I think area. with some of those guys, I was like, "All right, okay, shut up, dude. I saved you. Leave me alone." Um, but so you get down there, you learn that the emperor is is Baldurin, and he, you know, is the founder of Baldur's Gate. So I was like, "Okay, he's like not that bad. Like he's maybe like a kind of, but you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely, right? So like you have to then think about." how he has become, he's chosen to become a mind flayer at this point, or, you know, and then he's like strong and he wants, he wants the crown for himself. So he could be, he could rule over uh, everything and you could either choose to join him or, or not join him, or you could do what I did, which was, which this is where I was saying this is morally inconsistent. Yeah. I let him basically kill Orpheus, yes. sacrifice Orpheus. Horrifying, <laughs> absolutely Just an insane a thing. Horrifying choice, <laughs> a, an insane choice, an accidentally consistent choice with my choice to ignore the Githyanki completely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, you, you, you had it. You, the, the great liberator of the Githyanki people unjustly imprisoned. Yeah. Uh, you let a monster eat his brain. I told, I told Nick that I did this, and he texted me. You basically gave up Githyanki Nelson Mandela. <laughs> And I was like, I was, guess I wasn't really looking into it as closely as I should have at that point. Um, but I let him do that. So then he's in my party now as like a, as yeah. a fifth guy. And I'm like, okay, well, this is actually really good because now I don't just have four guys, I have five. So we're going into this, you know, guns blade. Yeah, you got a man up. You're sitting pretty. <laughs> and so now, you know, we're, we're doing the thing where we have to get to the, uh, to get to the crown. And that was a that was a bitch and a half. That was really hard for some reason. You mean the, yeah. the you mean this the, when you're in the city, or when you get inside the uh, getting past the city was like not that's basically not nothing, but was hard. That's basically just like a a, a sprint through it. You run yes. through the city, you get from point A to point B, you climb the brainstem, and then you are fighting the nether brain. Yes. So yes, it it's that that's the encounter where there's a red dragon in the center. Um, there's a bunch of tentacles that spring up. The the dream visitors. I do think actually think this is an awesome moment that hits. Is that all? Is that dream visitors spawn uh, four of them? Yes. And in my case, Gale goes uh, the the figure from my dreams. Yeah. It's like oh, everyone's had dream visitors this whole time. The emperor's been manipulating everyone in the party. I just yeah. had no I had no idea that this was happening. And so those guys, I guess they're not really dream visitors. They're like uh, I guess the in mine. It's, I don't know if it's explained exactly like that, but they are like, um, what are they called? They're called, are they called thralls or something? Where they're like basically copies of yes. my party. Yeah. Uh, and so like if Gale was casting a spell and the Gale copy was nearby, he would counterspell it. And I'd be like, well, this, I hate this. So you got, yeah, yeah that's interesting because yeah. I had not explored uh, this version yet. So you get a different version of it mm -hmm. because what's happening with when they turn the dream visitors on you, because you're, it's because you're fighting the emperor. If okay. you refuse to hand yes. over Orpheus and instead you liberate him and then Orpheus joins your party and then the emperor is an enemy in the final encounter. And instead of those thralls, it's the, uh, the dream visitor. Yeah. So, cause like, so in mine, he, uh, he has the, 
the three nether stones and he's going to use that yeah. to take down the or you know to 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 take down the the crown to break the barrier on the crown so then you can open a portal it sounds crazy yeah. like uh, but you so you open a portal and then you can fight the brain and the brain is not hard the once you get to the brain you're basically done yeah, it was like sure. it was very very easy to take down the brain uh cuz everything else up until that point is pretty challenging i had to i died a lot on mm-hmm. my way to the crown because i was just like because there's a complete there's like a strategy like you can you can't really go on the path where the brain is because that's where the tentacles come up and that's going to fuck you up there's a dragon that's at play but the dragon sort of everybody kind of really only attacks who's closest to them the dragon will do big area attacks that you can survive if you're careful um but getting to the crown was was hard for me but once you beat the nether brain, I'm really interested in you because you said um, the ending I got would like shock me or something, and, and I was like, save it for save it to okay. tell me later. I'm gonna tell you basically what happened in in Please. my game. So I sacrificed Orpheus, I teamed up with the Emperor, destroyed the mother brain, and then now we're based on who was in my party, based on the uh, finishing these um, story these character quests. This is what happened to everybody. Carlac went back to Avernus with Will because she was going to explode. And I gave her the option yeah. of like, do what you want to do. Because was, she was willing to basically explode and explode in my arms. Even though she was not my romance. We were very, we were very, very close. I love that. She, she was like, she told me that she loved me. And th- no, she told me she adored me. Wow. And that made Even me feel better. like a million bucks. Yeah. I loved it. Um, and then Will is like, we can go to Avernus. You're not going to be sick there. We can then, you know, have some more time to figure out what's going on. Yeah, that happened in my first playthrough too. So they left together. Two of them teamed up, which a, is cute. Asterian, looks so now all the, oh, oh, because this is what happened. I, I skipped a major point. Mm-hmm. We defeat the brain and you have the option of giving it to the emperor or, uh, or you taking it yourself Yeah, or destroying it. Uh, the emperor really wanted me to give it to him and I did not like how he was telling me that. So we did destroy it. So that was where I think it's really morally inconsistent. I did so many things to partner with the Emperor up until that point. And then I was like, oh, he's, his vibe is kind of weird with this. Yeah. He kind of wants this too much. I, I think there's a there's a very moral reading of what you did, yeah. which is that you just kind of played his own game, yeah. right? You like you you did the same sort of manipulation uh and you know uh pragmatic calculations to achieve your end which was destroying the crown and freeing the city and destroying the nether brain and getting rid of the mind flare menace yeah. uh, and you you were you you partnered up with this guy because it was convenient not because you were uh, actually allied with him yeah I, I do think that was sort of like the the driving force throughout the entire game because i was like oh well i get these powers okay oh he's gonna help me all mm-hmm. right sure whatever um and then the other th- of the three options i felt like siding with the emperor or taking the crown for myself was going to make um, my friends really mad. And yes. I, I couldn't sit with that. I, yeah. I was like, that's not right. That's not what I'm doing in this playthrough. I really love my friends. Um, so because of that, and everybody's illithid powers um, vanishing after the mother brain is destroyed for good, Asterion, no longer able to be in the sunlight, is now a regular vampire again, runs away. And you did not ascend him, right? I did not ascend right. him, no. And I'm not really sure what happened with uh, Jahira and, and Minsk. They seemed fine. I feel like because Jahira's main quest is to get Minsk, she was like, 
okay, this is fine. Yeah. I, I I don't really 100% remember what was going on with them. Minsk is, I, we, just to talk, touch on him real quick. And I didn't finish Minsk's quest, I think. Okay, yeah. Minsk is like, was like a fan favorite character, um, uh, you know, uh, from the original Baldur's Gates. And uh, it's, I, 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 it's, it's such a fun way they thought of, of how to bring him back because he has a human lifespan and this mm-hmm. takes place like what, a hundred years later. Yeah, so they're like, like, well, that. he get he gets petrified and everyone thinks he's a statue and then he comes back to life. Um, but you know, he's manipulated into being the stone Lord, this figure of the underworld. His dialogue is so funny. He's hilarious. This is the kind of thing of just like, man, this, this game is amazing because it's just like the, the level of writing is this, is this high quality where this guy just has like solid jokes consistently, yes. but it's all coming from his character. And he has a, a little hamster that he talks to. Boo. Yeah. Boo is really fun. Um, well, he's actually like a, a miniature giant space hamster right. to be clear. Um, and so they seemed okay. Gail, Gail went off. Because Gale, his whole thing was uh, Minstra, Mistra, 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 yeah, Mistra, uh, like the god that he worshipped was basically like, bring me the crown and we can like, you know, I can fix stuff and like, or, you know, use it to my benefit and things like that. And he saw through that and was like, I, what if I just take the crown? And I was like, I don't, yeah, he, I could not convince him not to do this, yeah. by the way. Because we got into some like arguments in the late game, he was like, "I think we should go. We should go up there, and you should give me the crown." And I was basically like, "I don't, I don't know, man. That sounds crazy." Was he also lobbying to use the orb? Was that another thing he was doing? He would not. He was like very anti the orb. Oh, okay. For some reason, uh, so I, I would pitch the orb, and he'd be like, "I'm not doing the fucking orb." I think what happened. I did. You see where you were in terms of your relationship with him? He liked me. Uh, he quite, liked you. He okay. liked me. Uh, everybody in my party really liked me up until like I mean I didn't check at the end, but um, basically what happens to Gale is he goes after the broken crown. He's like, with the Nether Stone, I can repair it, mm-hmm. and then I can become a god. So in the epilogue, I see him. And he's fucking silver now, <laughs> and he's a god. He's got glowing <laughs> eyes. He's like, yeah, I became a god. I'm a god of um ah. Uh, he's like the god of like inspiration or something or something like that. Um, and so he helps people, he basically like helps people with the things that they care about the most, yeah. uh, which is cool. Um, which is not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but, um, my Tav dialogue options were like, all right, I'm really, I'm really happy for you. If that's, if you're happy, I'm happy. <laughs> um, at the reunion, Carlac was like, can I have a hug? And they got to hug. And I was like, this is, this is incredible. I love this. Shadowheart, my romance option in the, in, in, in the game. At the end of the game, after destroying the mother brain, was like, hey, I have to go serve Lady Shar. And I was like, you're killing me? Wait, you, so did you kill the Night Song? Yeah. Matt, <laughs> this we, is wild. We not only killed the Night Song, Shar, look. <laughs> Shadowheart, Shadowheart did kill the Night Song. And she also killed her own parents in wow. front of all of us. And wow. then... Shar made her forget about it, and we were all just like, we all saw that. Like, my whole party was like, I guess it's good that she can't remember what she just did, because uh, then you get to this temple or this this like this place where oh, it's the it's the house of house of grief. You go to the house of grief, and the house of grief is a place where your memories are wiped completely, and this is yeah. why she can't remember anything because Shar, not unlike any other of these powerful figures in this game, is just manipulating everybody to serve for sure what yes. they're doing. 
which I guess I didn't really realize until I got to this point. And then you get to the point where uh, Shadowheart's parents are captured and they're of a different religious sect. Uh, they like are like, uh, what are you called? Uh, like the Saluna. They, they, the, yes. yeah, basically the, the opposite God, the yes. light God. And so you learn that they're the moon God. You're her parent. They're her parents. I think it's the moon God. Doesn't yes. matter. Uh, and all Why this dialogue's happening. All these, all these dialogue options are happening. Yeah. And I'm just picking, I'm staying out of this because I'm like, <laughs> this definitely feels like something I shouldn't get in the middle of. But if I, I guess I was like, I don't know what I can stop here. This is really crazy because Char is like, you have to kill them to, you know, to ascend, like yeah. to like, to become closer to me. You have to do that. And Shadowheart's like, what do you think I should do? And I was like, I guess just do whatever you think is good. And she's like, okay. And then just kills her parents. Like it's like nothing basically. That's wild. And yet I still love her with all my heart. <laughs> uh, it was like a really crazy thing. Cause then I talked to Carlac and Gail afterwards and they had dialogue options for like, I guess it's good. Some things you're not supposed to remember. And hopefully she never remembers this, but like the in world logic there is, They'll always remember that. They'll always remember that their friend killed their parents in front of you. Yeah, imagine seeing that. Jesus Christ. And then them just being like, I don't know what happened here, but I feel really close to my, my God now. <laughs> um, and so she leaves me at the end and um, comes back uh, to the reunion and is now like basically in charge of like the religion. Like it's like, is like the, like basically like one of the head people in, 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 in the house of Shar, and uh we still got to kiss though uh it's interesting because you know i i was i was trying to do uh goody two-shoes playthroughs both times yeah and talked shadow heart out of killing the night song my first playthrough the second playthrough i let her decide she throws the spear over the side and into the, the into the abyss wow um and rejects Shar and ultimately comes to embrace saluna by the end game and and the whole thing there is that what to do with her parents is like you still have the unspeakable choice of whether like you let them live oh. uh, or you you let them die but the what happens in that version is that the parents are asking for death because they've been so tormented and they know that that she will always be haunted by the pain that she gets from her wound Shar will forever punish her uh, until she does the she makes the choice to uh, interesting kill her own parents so it's it's like a, it's like a crazy thing i mean the game calls it an, an, an unspeakable choice that yeah. it is. but it, it it is like that the character basically flips and like her character ultimately is like realizes that that she's been brainwashed um uh based on a lie and that she needs to escape this thing that's entrapped her and uh and so as such you don't uh you you free the night song um you kill balthazar uh, who was the guy who had mm -hmm. you, who tasked you with killing her, uh, or was was tied into that mission with Ketherick Thorne? Yeah, and then the Night Song becomes your ally and and fights on your side and is at your camp. I wish I wish I'd known that because <laughs> that is cooler. Because I also here's the thing I I went through the trouble of killing Balthazar. Yes, which was a hard battle. Yeah, um, I was having a lot of trouble with that. Um, and yeah, and then I just. As soon as that was done, I was like, okay, you, come here, dead. Like, just, like, kill, kill the Night Song immediately after doing that, like, without really even thinking about it. 
So here's what happened with my end game. The first time through, I got what I think is, I did what, I opted to what I think is meant to be the canon ending. Because of all the choices you can make um, it within the astral prism, this is the one that gives you an achievement. Mm-hmm. And also the way my second playthrough played out when I made a different choice, I was like, hmm, they're very much... It, it feels like the game is pushing you towards this one is like, this is the, yeah. this is the way that, uh, you know, this, this is whatever the, the most, uh, the, the most moral of all the paths that are available to us, to you. You reject the alliance with the emperor. The emperor goes and fights on behalf of the nether brain. You use the, uh, Orphic hammer to free Orpheus. It's a very funny scene because if you fucked the emperor, Orpheus comes out, <laughs> out of this, you know, eons long imprisonment yeah. and looks at you and is like you fornicated with a mind flare <laughs> <laughs> and, and i was talking to a friend of the show past guest eva anderson who also experienced yeah. the same thing she was like it's so funny it's the first thing he said and then also he it, like if you think about it he witnessed this yeah like that you did it in front of him. yeah it's <laughs> it so and funny from his perspective he's just like chained up watching yeah. like uh you know a humanoid yeah. uh do the nasty with this uh, this fucking squid monster can't even jack off <laughs> <laughs> that's his issue <laughs> but also if if you if you like uh, uh evolved your lithid parasite or whatever he's yeah. like you stink of mind flayer and then he ta- he basically scolds you and he he talks you into or he 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 basically says that what you the you didn't do the moral thing. You did exactly what the emperor did. Uh, you just prioritized your own survivability. If you actually were acting morally, you would have surrendered to my honor guard. Uh, they would have freed me. They would have killed you, and it would have been a noble end. So so he tells yeah. you all this, but ultimately is like, I will ally with you anyway because this is my only choice at this point. How many how many allies did you have like in the in the end game? I'm not sure how many you can have. I feel like I had everybody, but then again, I, I'm like I think I, I I haven't looked it up. I mean, I had I had I I really had a huge when they have that Avengers thing of everyone saying they're with me. Yeah, it was like ten minutes. <laughs> really, that's <laughs> so, so long. I had so yeah, I had like. I had Jahira and Minsk in the Harpers, yeah. right? I had um, Shadowheart's denizens, uh, whatever they're called, the like the Shaharan, yeah, uh, whatever people. The Sharans. Yeah, I had them. I had Mizora that like she's a Drow, right? Yeah, yeah. It, no, Mizora is the, uh, the there's two the devil. that look similar. Uh, Mizora is Will's devil. Yes, so yes. I had her. I had her, and um, and then I had. Just some like plain guys, like like some like uh like probably people that I saved like early on, like right. You get uh, like some foot soldiers yeah. who work for the uh I I can't remember the name of the uh fire faction that's like the the flaming the fist. flaming fist, yeah. yeah. And I was just like okay, like and I used all of them basically until they are presumably dead, uh, yeah, because they did not make it to the they did not make it to um to see the end of the the game i think mizora not uh jahira and minsk did i didn't see i didn't see mizora again so and i had volo yeah volo volo just kind of gives you a boon i yeah. mean if halson's still around he'll give you a boon as well mm. and then you can get a bunch of them i mean it, depending on which tieflings you save some of yeah. those can show up um uh, the 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 gnomes uh they yeah. can show up didn't have any of them so i i had a whole bunch but here's the thing I feel like that final encounter, it's it's just the, the characters you can summon are kind of just cannon fodder. 
Um, yes. And and whatever, I'm, I'm sure that's by design. Um, I do wonder if that encounter is going to be, you know, rebalanced or rethought at a certain point. But it's like, I, I kind of wish it was more just pure power fantasy. I kind of wish it was more just like, you know what? All my guys are here. This is going to turn into Dynasty Warriors for a, for one encounter. Yes. And we're just going to absolutely wreck house. We're just going to sprint all the way through the, uh, you know, through the gates of the city and get to the nether brain. Um, then I'm cleaning things up. But you can, but I also had like the night song was available. And then do you remember your gear? Uh, this yes. is the guy that you talk, you can potentially talk into killing himself yeah. um, to go overcome that boss encounter. A few things have to go your way, but in my second playthrough, I taught, I, you know, I, I, I defeated him there. He returns in the hells as Raphael's ally. Wow. And then in that encounter, you can also talk him into betraying Raphael and fight Raphael on your behalf. This and then after that, you can follow yeah. another. Yeah, exactly. You, you can, you can persuade him uh, endlessly. After that, you can do another persuasion thing to get him to fight for you in the final battle. And he is a fucking monster. That rocks. Um, he's great. There's also, did you did you follow up with a strange ox? Do you remember that character? I did, and I lost track of him at some point. So yeah, he shows up again um, in all the acts, and you can keep talking to him. He ends up being a shapeshifter. Mm -hmm. And if you bring him all the way into the city, uh, it, 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 then he fights on your side. And he's another guy. He can just like shapeshift into a minotaur or spider or whatever and just like That'd be so house. funny if he was like, I can only do a cow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so anyway, to, to, yeah. to continue what I was saying. Yes. So that happens with Orpheus. You free Orpheus. Then he's like, but here's the thing. The emperor's right. We need a mind flayer in order to uh, confront the nether brain. That's the only person who can wield the nether stones. Yeah. So... You need to become a mind flayer. And on my first playthrough, that's what I did. My, my character turned into a mind flayer. And it's, it's, it's one of those things you don't realize how jarring it is and how attached you are to a player, to, to the, your character that you created and that you've played for like 100 hours to just be like, oh, your, your entire physical form is going to change. Your abilities are going to change. You're going to, you're going to just be a completely different character and it's presented as a sacrifice and it is like you as the player have to sacrifice that um but it is presented as like the most morally just option i think the game is pointing you towards that the whole time like especially with the evolution of your illithid parasite with how objectively more powerful your character gets once you do that yeah and then also i just think thematically so much of this is just like accepting this thing you can't control and following it to its end point and realizing that you are going to be completely different, but you can continue to exist, uh, you know, as, as this different creature. But ultimately, someone has to do it. So that was it in the first party. Um, by the way, in my post game, I also romance Shadowheart. Shadowheart and the Mind Flayer were, were still together, which is crazy to think about. That's wild. They were like roaming the roaming the wilds together. Um, in my second playthrough, I just wanted to make a different choice because, like, all right, I saw this one. Uh, and I thought maybe I was gonna I was gonna have Gail use the orb, but ultimately use my boyfriend. And I, said, I wanted to see what the romance epilogue was. <laughs> Although I think there is one, even if he does blow up when the orb. Mm -hmm. Imagine that's the one thing that's not in there. It's like ah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> he 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 went he went home. I guess. <laughs> so the emperor uh, is willing to turn into a mind flayer. To me, that is just like a really. Uh, you know, uh, uh, to me, that's almost a more repulsive option than killing him, that he has to like transform into the thing that he hates. Yeah. He has to surrender his physical form after being, you know, released from prison for the first time. Um, he has to give up his soul or whatever, and he's willing to do it. Uh, but Carlac volunteered to become a mind flayer. Yes. So I let her do it. 
and Carlac is a mind flayer. And this, Matt, your jaw's agape. This is what I knew you were going to be shocked by. Carlac was a mind flayer in my endgame. Now, what made me think on the second playthrough that, like, this is not, you know, that they're directing you towards doing this with the player character is that there would be moments in there where, like, Orpheus or, like, the people of Baldur's Gate uh, or, you know, or Lazel would be like, you're the hero. You sacrifice for all of us. And they're talking to Carlac. And I'm like, oh, they're, they're, this is now the central character in this story. Uh, this party member of yeah. mine who selflessly was like, well, my heart is going to fail anyway. I'm going to die. At least I can go out as a hero. At the epilogue, Carlac uh, returns as a mind flayer. And it's Carlac's voice actor, but talking in kind of a mind flayer way. Wow. Personality has completely transformed. Is still saying like, Hey there, soldier, but is talking about yeah. like snacking on the brains of criminals to for sustenance. And it's it's just like a it's just a crazy thing. I honestly felt uh very guilty after I did it. I was like, man, this is this is this was a selfish act to force this onto uh onto one of the party members. I so in, in, in I could have had either had the emperor do it, which is what I did. Yeah. I could have become a mind flayer. Yes. I also had the Carlac option. Yeah. I worked so hard to convince her not to do it. Yeah. There's like a couple of dialogue options you go through. It's like two or three things where she's like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to die. She anyway. wants to do it. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, no, stop, stop, stop. No, 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 no. Because there was an instance earlier where I texted you guys this when I was finishing up her character quest and she realizes there's not a cure for this that I can do right now. And then she kind of accepts her fate. She goes back to the camp sort of like distraught that she's like you know ultimately going to succumb to uh you know her heart exploding this is the moment where you kill gortash yes and and she gortash was like her captor basically yes. and just like you know and, and she hates him and so she finally gets vengeance and then is kind of like what i don't feel any better what was this so i've already been you know really attached to carlac at this point point. Mm -hmm. and then talking to her and then hearing her accept this reality, I'm getting like choked up. I got like yeah. tears in my eye. And I'm like, video games never done this to me. And then we get to the end there where she's like, I'll become a mind flayer. And now I'm like really fighting them back. I'm like, <laughs> no, you will not do this. And I did not let her do it. Yeah. Because I just like couldn't, I just couldn't. It seems like a cool way to do it. Well, then you immediately become second banana in the game that you've been spending that, that's what it feels like something hours in and also it feels like you know yeah. again it's just like the to me it feel it I, I i don't know there's 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 no there's no the, the truth is there is no canon ending there is no, no. canon romance there is no correct thing to do the, yeah. they're just options but it, i did it, everything right but um it, but it feels like you're <laughs> they're pushing you toward this and it feels to me like the the most moral of the available uh, again, unspeakable choices. Every like at some, at a certain point is to self sacrifice, yes. is to surrender your own physical form, and to accept uh, the annihilation of your own soul uh, so that everyone else can live. Earlier in the in the show, yeah, we were talking about our favorite quests, and two of mine were in Act Three that I didn't get to say. Yeah, so I didn't want to spoil it for Heather or the audience, but mostly for Heather. If you're listening now, sorry. Um, <laughs> there's a mission they're both involve Gortash actually yeah so there's the one where you go you're down in the in the sewers of Baldur's Gate and you're this was like uh, you know you kind of just find stuff sometimes so you find this area that has like a submersible 
and then you talk to this guy, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm taking this submersible down to the 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 Iron Throne." I think right. this is that's what the uh, the submersible is called, or whatever, or the secret base. I'm like, okay, let's go down there. You get down there, Gortach is like, "What the fuck are you doing over here, man?" Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, you you take this uh, this episode one underwater vessel. It's like it's like a really there's cool always design. a bigger fish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um. By the way, I think I'm going to go see that in theaters when it comes to in May. I'm 100 percent going to see that in theaters. Are you anyway, kidding me? We'll talk about it later. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I saw you it. I miss the Phantom Menace in theaters. <laughs> I saw it in 3D when it came out yeah. uh, years ago. I'll go, I'll go see it again. Um, but um, uh, you get down there and he's like, "What are you doing here?" Also, he looks like Clive from uh, Final Fantasy 16. He does. Um, he does have Clive vibes and uh, like almost down to like how he's dressed and everything too. Um. But he's getting me mad. He's like, go back up and we'll just forget it all about this. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to go back up and just forget about all this. I know the Duke's down here. I'm going to save the Duke. And then, so then he's like, okay, I'm going to basically blow up this, this, this underwater ship. Uh, and then you have like eight turns or something in, in, uh, in easy mode or whatever, explorer yeah. mode uh, to get it. Or I think it's, is it eight or five? Well, in Tactician, yeah. I think you have five. Okay, so I think it's eight. Yeah. And the first time I attempted this, Carlac was so far back at turn one, I was like, she's not going to make it. And then the thing explodes, and I was like, Carlac's fucking dead, dude. Yeah. And I can't, I had to reload because I was like, I need Carlac. I just need her. I can't, I can't play this game without her at this point. In another playthrough, I think I'll let the chips fall where they lie in, with things like that because I think that's, that's interesting, and that sort of makes it like um, makes it fun. But at that point, I was not ready to say yeah. goodbye to her. Well, that's what honor but, mode is for. Yeah. I mean, you can always play that. That you get one save, and you just live with whatever. Oh, you interesting. Know? Okay, because um, I saved everybody. Well, the, I bring I bring this mission up because saving everybody on that su- on that sub, including um, that one mind flayer guy. Yeah, and Omeluum, yeah, I think. and the Duke. I was like, this is having played some D anD D. I was like, this is the type of shit my friends and I would get into in our campaign. Yeah. This is the most fun I've had so far. It rocks. That section rocks. That section rocks. And then the section where you have to blow up the foundry where those big mechanical, uh, like soldiers are built. Yes. Also a fucking banger. And you get the, uh, and the, uh, the iron hand gnomes, right? They, like they rebel and they're on your side. Yeah. You have to keep them alive. I don't know if there's an achievement for keeping them alive, but because like I almost kept all of them alive. Yeah. And then on um on like one turn, uh, I just had, you know, two of the uh steel watch left, uh, and one of them like leapt away from melee with my uh, martial characters and went over and just like just hammered like a a, a, a just just fucking poleaxed uh, yeah. one of the gnomes and killed him. And I was like, oh well, that there's that. It is funny to think that I saved all of them in the sub, and then they did all die in the factory. Like it's like this was not you say. So you yeah. saved their family because their I families the family. are on their subs. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and it, it is cool. Like I I almost saved everyone on the on tactician. I almost saved everyone on the sub too, except for one gnome. And what it was, I told you this map. Two of them were in front of the ladder on the last turn. Yes. Um, yeah. And I had I had game planned this out, and I had, you know, Will in my party and Gale in my party, they both had the Dimension Door spell, which lets you teleport yourself in one adjacent character. So some of those gnomes, you know, I, I could I could go to the distant cells and, and, and transport them closer to the escape hatch. Two of them were in front of the ladder. Uh, 
one of them, I guess, goes first, and maybe their escape route is blocked by the other a gnome's positioning. I don't know exactly what the what the pathing issue is, but they look at the ladder, they they turn away from the ladder, look back at the ladder, turn the other direction, and then just run in the opposite direction of the ladder. He's like, I like, forgot my phone. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you both could have escaped. And the other one goes up the ladder, and then so I had all but one gnome um on on tactician which was a bummer i think yeah i left behind like two randos um but i got like the two like i got basically the people that were like come save my family at the factory and then the family died and then uh the two like named characters yeah um and i loved i loved that mission and i loved i loved what the reason i loved the blowing up the factory was you get a really cool um cinematic of everybody running out of the factory as it's, it's exploding and i was just like this is like the movie i was like this is this is i love this uh did you have the big bomb or did you have a different way of destroying the factory i had to work with like a blind um okay so you had to bring no. that guy down so yes. like I, if you uh, uh, and I, well, I can't I wish i could remember the name of the other gnome faction um uh the underdark gnomes that you that you run into but like if you keep Wolbrin, Bongle, and um, uh, and uh, Barkus Root alive, they they give you a bomb that can detonate it, so you can skip the thing of bringing uh, uh, that guy down with you, the guy who's been blinded. I wish I had that because yeah, he was he was a bit a bit of a hindrance. This guy, uh, yeah, yeah, he got, I had to really keep him alive. I think they've been they've been buffed in the the most recent update. Um, I I can't can just to talk one more thing about the. Uh, the epilogue. I just to return to that real quick. That was a thing that was added in the update. And if you think about completing this game without having the epilogue, without having that little bit of you know, uh, space to sort of breathe and just sort of like, uh, decompress from this this you know hundred hour thing that you just committed to, it would have felt very abrupt. Yeah. And so I, I I love that they added the epilogue. It's just such a great you know come down after this after this journey. Uh, as far as as far as third act quest for me, um, one thing I'll touch on. Did you talk to Biscotti the dog? No. I talked. I used uh, talk to animals on like every single cat I could find, and there was like a cat that I think had some more things going on, but I couldn't keep up with. Did you talk to the 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 noir cat? No. There's a cat who's just sort of like a hero enters the the <laughs> enters the city. Oh, he wait. meets his companion, you know, like I, I did talk to him and yeah. then failed uh failed like a role or something. Uh like there was like there was like something that I there's failed. A, there's a part like there's only one question. Are they up to the task? Yeah. And then I think if you say uh yes, uh he's like he failed the first test. He was too trusting, you know, or whatever. Yeah, I think that's what it it's was. It's really fun. Yeah. It's a it's a nifty piece of writing. I talked to Scratch too. I didn't realize Scratch is great. Uh, I love Scratch as like a, a companion dog that you have at, at at your camp, and he'll bring you um, little things that he finds. And I, I I spoke with him, and I I really enjoyed his his voice his voice work as well. They do a great job of characterizing animals in the writing. Biscotti yeah. is a fancy little dog uh, who is owned by one of the refugees. And uh, if you talk to him, he's basically, he, he's like, is he going to say it? Are you going to say it? Oh, please, please say it. And then if you're like, who's a good boy? He's like, oh, yes, you said it. Like, he's like so happy. <laughs> it's really, really funny. Uh, anyway, as far as quests go, this was a, a big change versus my first playthrough. There is a Githyanki egg in the creche that you can steal. The first time I was like, this, does, this is going to displease uh, Lazel. I don't want to do this. And this feels like this is going to have consequences for, for this faction I'm possibly going to ally with. The second time through, I was like, 
I'm going to steal this fucking egg because I didn't do it the first time. Let's see what happens. You steal the egg. You give it to someone who's affiliated with a society of brilliance. That's who Ameluam works with, the, yes. the mind flayer uh, and the hobgoblin. So if you don't do that, you can get to the society of brilliance and it's this like Mensa-like institution uh, of geniuses uh, that can help you and can tie into some of the, uh, the quests in Act 3. If you give them the egg, when you get to Act 3 and you go to the Society of Brilliance, everyone is dead. The egg hatched, a Githyanki emerged, and killed everybody is ultimately what happened. Wow. And so it's, it's just a thing. I was just like, I was just like stunned. I just yeah. walked in and I was like, oh my God, it's just a fountain of blood in here. There's just corpses lying all over the place. And this guy who was very alive in my previous playthrough, I now have to use talk to the dead on him to hear what happened. I didn't steal the egg and yeah. I killed that lady who asked me to do it. I, I mean, I think that's fine too. Yeah, you know, she was like mad at me <laughs> and I was like, I just not stealing. Cause I don't even know you. Uh, anyway, that was awesome. The other one was, I, yeah, I do really like, uh, retrieving dribbles the count the clown's corpse i think it's fun um but but the hag survivors like that's another one where i i didn't follow up with the hag on my first playthrough and the second playthrough yeah. there's so much you can do with hag did you do this in act three i like lost track of the hag at some point like it's, there was like it's a, easy to miss yeah yeah yeah, so basically what you can find is there's a group of people who have all been cursed by hags and they're trying to fight against hags um but they themselves have like kind of now gone into exile because the consequences are so dire Marina, who is the woman who was entrapped by the hag in Act One, um, for her, it like is she was pregnant. The reason she was being force fed is because she was pregnant, and the hag is going to steal her baby to turn into another hag. So you find her; she's been polymorphed into a sheep. Uh, you have to de-sheep her, <laughs> and then once you do, you find out that the hag is still in the city. You go track down the hag, and then you fight with the hag again. Uh, and it has this whole like, you know, resolution to it. But it's one of those things where it's like, I can't believe how much of the game this thing is spanning that feels like a one-off quest that you're just doing in, uh, with this transformed anti-ethyl in the first part. It's I really loved, it's really cool. I loved like the detective stuff that you had to do. Like, yeah, in, that's fun too. In, in Act 3, like solving this, like who's doing this murder? And then you, you know, of course, Orin. Yeah. The queen of murder. Orin rocks. Orin's such a fun, I didn't love Kethrick. Um, because I thought, I thought J.K. Simmons was bad. <laughs> like, I th how dare you? I always think he's good, but yeah. I, th I thought his voice in it was not great. Like, I was just like, like, I, I don't know. Maybe I was reading too much into it, but it kind of, to me, sounded like he didn't know what he was saying. I think it's, like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's maybe not the most locked in he's ever been. Um, but I always love him. I always think he's great. I think it's funny and cool that he's buff. I think it's great. Um, but I liked, and I liked Gortash because I liked his missions the most, but I loved Orin because she was just, she was um, the most uh, Heather Ann Campbell character in the, one of the more Heather Ann Campbell characters in the game. Yeah, I was like, who's the most Heather character? Is it, is it Orin? Uh, is it Shovel, uh, who we talked about? Yeah. Um, uh, who's the, the summonable character who just yells profanities? Um, or is it the hag? <laughs> is it the hag? Or is it the option that I think did you meet the, I don't remember what her name is, but she's this like scary big lady that like eats gold and she's like, give me your gold. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. One of that's, that's one of the thorns that's in that, the, yeah. uh, the cursed lands. Yeah. I think the that's a pretty strong contender for a Heather character. Uh, 
I, I have two more things that I'm that I'm going to say, yeah. um, and then I, I, and if you have any other thoughts, but we should we should wrap this Absolutely. up. We've gone way too long. But I uh, the 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 one thing I wanted to say, and just to hammer home I, how well the emperor is characterized. So much of the game is you manipulating other people through conversation. Mm -hmm. Persuasion checks are so common. Deception checks are so common, like intimidation checks. These are things that are happening throughout. That's so much of what the game is. The emperor is doing that to you the entire time and that they are able to manipulate not a fictional character in the game, but you, the player, into doing what the emperor wants I don't know. It's just it's just like a really cool reversal and like a a a, a bit of a a, a a bit of a mind fuck when you think about what the game is doing to you. But I I think that's really effective. The other thing I want to talk about is withers, which yes, we we were taught we were texting about this, but withers seems pretty clearly to be uh, Jurgle, the god of death, mm -hmm. who is. Or I'm, I'm the Lord of the End of Everything is his proper title, but like a more powerful death god uh, than any of the uh, ones that are being, uh, you know, facilitated by the Chosen Three. Yes, and it's really interesting to think of his role, especially that por that portion of the epilogue when he's looking at the painting of of yes. the three defeated, um, uh, you know, gods, a uh, 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 Ball, Bane, and Merkel, and and ba effectively scolding them. Merkel's um, all. Did I do that? <laughs> oh, I wish I'd ever heard that. Um, the, like, just thinking in terms of like, oh, everything he was doing behind the scenes in terms of helping you and facilitating you just yes. so that you could help, that, that you could, uh, it, it's another figure who is like, it, it was omnipresent, who is, who is uh, changing the courses of events, who is directing you uh, towards doing what, what facilitates their aims um so it's i, I don't know I, I i like that that revelation as well and that that seems very strongly supported by a bunch of text in the game um and also like you know some data mined assets or what have you i would love and i don't know how impossible this would be because it seems like i'm about to ask for perhaps the thickest book alive yeah I would like a lore book of specifically Baldur's gate three like this like i you know i could probably just read like we were talking about this, we could probably just read like, uh, you know, one of the D and D books or whatever, right. like the you know the, the character manual, like to get context for some of the characters or or you know, but not all the characters are in the thing. Yeah. Um. But I I I would just like to know more information, and maybe on my second playthrough, I'll just read the the little pieces of paper and. Uh, <laughs> uh, most of my inventory is books and paper, by the way. I'm just like picking up everything that I see and it's being like, I guess I'll read this later. Um, but I I can't yeah, I can't wait to start another one, uh, start another playthrough. Uh I feel like even though we've gone long, there's still a million things we that, haven't even talked about. That's the main issue. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna talk about Orin a bunch. It's like, yeah, we're just completely out of Yeah, here, how about this? Orin's cool. <laughs> we like Orin. <laughs> Did you uh, did you kill the murder council or did you uh, kill the holophant? I did both. <laughs> I accidentally I accidentally killed the that little like elephant guy. Yeah, who I loved. Yeah, I think I must have. I think I selected the wrong like thing or yeah. something like not. Like, oops, I clicked the wrong thing. I maybe clicked one that I thought was going to give me a different result. 
I was like, I guess he's dead. But then I was like, I don't like that they made me do that. <laughs> so I'm going to kill these guys and kill all them. So when I went to, you know, the, the, the hall of, or the, yeah, the different murder organization. Yeah, the different murder. Yeah, the, the <laughs> one of places. two murder factions. Uh, I just like got to like walk on through basically because they're like, oh, he killed the, the three. I do. That's yeah. what I was gonna say. Is I do really like when they're just like, um, what it like, what is your proof? And you can hand over the bag of hands that you get or yes. whatever, uh, from the dwarf who's killing people. But you can also just say like, I killed the murder council, and they're like unorthodox, but yeah, welcome yeah. in. But oh, and so something else too about Withers that was great was that. We were texting a little bit about how there's so many things like, you know, wish I could have done differently or like things I could have seen in this first playthrough that I didn't get to see or really experience or follow through all the way to the end. And I think this is a good way to wrap up the conversation because yeah. Withers is basically like, hey, man, you're not going to see everything. And don't don't worry about the things you didn't see, like celebrate the things that you did do. It's a dialogue. It's so great. It was perfect. It's I was so like, it great. made me so happy and immediately like alleviated all the stress i had about finishing the game i was like you know what withers thank you thank yeah. you withers um and yeah just what a what a what an incredible experience and um you know i know that we just did an episode about it but i'm sure we'll continue to talk about it for the rest of our lives on this podcast <laughs> but what a what a what an episode and what a what a, what a game yeah, what an episode. The episode's good. I'm going to call it now that the episode's good. What a what a big boy. What a big boy, yeah. Yeah. This is a, this is a huge uh this is a this is a huge episode for a huge game. Yeah. Um anyway, uh that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Get Played for our We Play You Play of Baldur's Gate 3. Um and yeah, I I I just I hope we did this game justice. People are going to be mad. <laughs> we definitely did not do this game justice. <laughs> Hey, buddy, it's Weiger. Okay, I know this is getting ridiculous, but I asked for something specific on our Discord, which was reactions to the ending. And I wanted to read a few of these uh, because some people had some good thoughts. Also, I meant to earlier in the episode shout out one of my favorite random NPCs in any game, uh, who is the Dragonborn, who wanders around the lower city loudly complaining that they took the puzzle section out of the newspaper. Uh, love that character. Oh, and I meant to say that Saravok from the Murder Tribunal is the antagonist of Baldur's Gate 2 uh, and kind of goes down like a chump uh, in this fight. But, you know, no big deal. Anyway, here are some of these. I guess we'll call it a, a, a some some bonus DLC for the Ryu crew. OK, first up, this is from P. Fafulus, Luigi Main. Thought all of it was amazing. I freed Orpheus, turned on the Emperor, became a Lithid myself. After the battle, I broke up with Bazel so she could go save the Gith. Karlak exploded, and I committed suicide. 10 out of 10, and playing again. I had saved almost everybody, so I had a lot of choices for support, which was also nice. Really satisfying ending. It actually mattered what I had done. Everything paid off well. Hugizu writes, I finished the game a couple of weeks ago. I love the ending I got. I became an Illithid. I freed Orpheus earlier. He was going to become an Illithid, but I told him I would do it so he wouldn't have to, and was able to save almost everyone except for Karlak. Somehow I had screwed up or just totally missed some part of her quest line, so after we defeated the Elder Brain, she went up in flames as I held her. I was sobbing my brains out and was a total mess for a solid hour after the credits rolled. I knew there was some kind of post credit scene, 
but at the time my eyes were too tear-filled for me to even see what was happening. Wow. That's rough. I uh, hope you're uh, hope you're hanging in there at this point. Traumatic. Uh Katie writes, I've heard that could happen with Carlack and yeah, no, thankfully I thankfully I avoided it in both my endings. Um Katie I've seen a few different endings, and overall I like how there is no perfect ending. You cannot save everyone, and I feel like it plays into the themes of the game where even the good choice comes with baggage. For example, it feels like Shadowheart doesn't really get a good ending. Astarian's best ending is he's still a vampire spawn and loses all his tadpole immunity to the sun. I love how many different ways things can play out, and it's a big reason why I played through the game two times, have multiple tabs, and just generally can't get enough of this masterpiece. Uh, well said. Finally, Beatnik Bedlam writes, I romanced Carlac and went with her and Will to Avernus after killing the Netherbrain. I was very thorough about making sure everything went right on my playthrough, and I felt like I was really rewarded in the endgame with allies showing back up, etc. The epilogue was extremely satisfying. It felt like the exact right amount of downtime to cap things off, and I didn't feel like there were any big lingering threads that I wanted to get solved. But I can't imagine playing a version of the game without it, especially if you chose to not have Asterion ascend, because he just fucking catches on fire and runs away. Gameplay-wise, it was fine. They weren't my favorite fights in the game, but they were pretty cool, and it was very funny to just use my monk's step-of-the-wind dash to completely bypass that gauntlet where the Nautiloid shoots at you right before the final fight. This was in the House of Hope, but it's basically the same trick. Um, and they link to a video of that, and yeah, it's... it That that does seem... It basically, I mean, it's in the game, but it basically seems like an exploit how much ground you can traverse uh, with this monk ability. I haven't played as a monk. Maybe I'll try that. Anyway... Thank you, everyone, for writing in. Um, thank you to Emma for guest engineering the super long episode. And also special thanks to Rochelle, who is editing this episode, I think on vacation. Oof, sorry, Rochelle. Oh, I, I also meant to mention that I earlier in the episode said that there were three Paladin subclasses. But of course, there are, in fact, four uh, if you count Oathbreaker. So... You can't yell at me because I already corrected myself. And if you've already yelled at me without hearing this correction first, you got played. Thank you. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>